Mo Facts with Adam Curry for March 21st, 2020. This is episode number 30. Under lockdown. <laughs> Pandemic 2020. <laughs> hey, Mo, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Adam. How about yourself? I'm good. You know, it's uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, this all started about a week ago on the last uh, Mo Facts. I was number 29. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, for me, much... Much hasn't changed because this is, I kind of live my life at home <laughs> anyway, so it's not that different for me going out once a day to get something. How about you, though? You got the kids at home. What's going on? How is it uh, in the in the facts household? Well, the white privilege has been bestowed upon me. Oh, <laughs> I'm working completely from home. I'm working completely from home now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You're still on the white team. No, you weren't on the white team. Were you in the yellow no, team? No, I wasn't. I, I've, I've been upgraded now. Oh, actually, oh. So. After a little bit of complaining on the show, all of a sudden we see results, huh? Yes. <laughs> so, here, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, just how how are the kids? Are they going stir crazy? Are they occupied? What are they doing? They're doing pretty good. Uh, we're letting them out the house, uh, <laughs> going for walks. Oh, I mean, yeah, on the leash or uh, in the yard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to shutter. We're not going to shutter them in. Right. Uh, we are kind of careful around playgrounds. Mm-hmm. We're not taking them to the playground, but I mean, being outside, running around, are, throwing the ball around. That are, kind of stuff. are they bored with social media and their phones yet? I've been seeing some of that, and I'm quite delighted by it. Actually, they are. Um, we're down to playing back to playing board games, Uno, sorry, those kind of things. Isn't that interesting? We have the, exactly the same. You know, two of our girls are in one. Christina's in Holland and uh, uh, Ellen's in uh, in Chicago, but Elise mm-hmm. is in Austin, and she comes over. We play Scrabble, <laughs> and of course, she's a little bit older, so she's bringing over uh, margaritas. It's uh, yeah, it's been a, an interesting family time. I think it's it's in a weird way, it's helping. Because I mean, you have to lean on your family at this time. At this time, so it's yeah. so positive that may come out of this situation. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too hopeful of that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if something positive comes out of it. Anyway, so we're doing a regular uh, Mo Facts on a scheduled time, our kind of new scheduled time on Saturdays. Uh, yes, and I and I will admit, uh, your call came in, and actually, I saw you'd called earlier, dude. I was so. Uh, you know, I'm watching the uh, the coronavirus updates, the briefings, the teams, the president every single day. I'm taking notes. I'm doing research, and and I honestly I didn't know what day it was. It could have been Saturday. It could have been Tuesday. I I completely I didn't even connect it when you called. I'm like, hey, oh crap! Now I know why you're calling. <laughs> so I do apologize for that. But that's how weird it can get. It's just kind no, of no loose. worries. I've had that same experience during this week. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, my work routine is I, I'm actually miss it. I mean, right. I get up in the morning, iron clothes and, you know, that whole routine. Now, when you're working from home, you just kind of like roll out of bed, brush your teeth and, right. and the, the, light up the first <laughs> joint. Your laptop. <laughs> like, and there's the first wake and bake. OK, everybody, yeah. <laughs> maybe you iron, you go iron your clothes and I'll have that joint. Right. Uh, so uh, I did not even look at the clips. I am prepared for everything. So I think we should, unless you have something else, Mo, I'll just spin the wheel. Go ahead and spin the wheel. All right, here we go. All right, it's the wheel of topics. Find out what we're going on today's Mo Facts with Adam Curry. It's, uh, it's number 30, so who knows what we'll do. The topic for today is... Emergence, or the spontaneous creation of sophisticated behaviors and functions from large groups of simple elements. 
Okay. This is going to be a a wild ride. All right. Uh, We like that. Just from the show topic itself. We, uh, I think we have like 10 throwback clips in this uh, show. So we're going to cover a lot of previous uh, things that we just discussed in previous shows. That way, uh, one, we're at show 30. So I want to catch people up if they're just now starting to tune in on some of the things we talk about. And it, this, the first set of clips we had is what was the motivation for this topic because I think we've witnessed some things and we even covered some things on this podcast, but unknowingly we haven't classified them correctly. Okay. So All right. That's where we're headed. Oh, I like that because we had, yeah, we've, we've uh, looked at a lot of different topics, a lot of different similarities of things and individual uh, elements. And so now we're going to classify them. Yeah. Well, it, it boils down to the, uh, to the, uh, re, re, reemergence. So, um, I mean, to the emergence. So, yes, yeah, so it's it's weird. You have to follow me here. You're Everybody speaking has to, has to in riddles, Mo. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> just just follow along, and at the end of the show, it'll all make sense. That's okay. what I promise. All right, all right, I'm ready to go. All right, so let's just hop into uh, Karen Hunter one. I don't think, and I've said this before, and I got a little heat for it, but I don't think the the Jesse Jackson um, endorsement does a whole hell of a lot for Bernie Sanders, right? I think that younger younger black voters who who are interested in Bernie Sanders are going to be interested in Bernie Sanders without uh, without Jesse Jackson. It's going to be very hard for you to, to, to get older black folks, my pe- people who are my parents' age and a little bit younger than my parents, because my parents are in their 70s, to vote before anybody other than Joe Biden. Joe Biden is somebody that they know, somebody that they respect, right? And for most of the people in my age category, we don't have the same relationship with Jesse Jackson that that other black folks have, right? What are the black folks? <clears throat> First of all, uh, who is this? I like his voice. He's got a great uh, voice. This is Drew McCaskill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a crisis manager, <laughs> senior vice president, I think, at Nielsen. Oh. Uh, he's a contributor at Sirius Radio. Um, and it's, this is on the Karen Hunter show. And they were having a talk about black leadership and the impact of black leadership. Uh, more specifically, they were talking about Jesse Jackson uh, co-signing and endorsing Bernie Sanders. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. So this conversation over this next one, two, three, four, five, six clips is what's sent my brain on the path that it went on. And it's not... It, it, it's going to be a, like I said a, re- a weird w- ride. Okay. So just follow along. All right. But now they're 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 bringing up Jesse Jackson, uh, and as he said that Jesse Jackson doesn't hold as much weight with younger voters, or even I assume me and Mister uh, McCaskill is in, in the same age range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't witness the run of '88, and Karen Hunter asked him a question: What black people? And I'll. Let's let, let him answer that question. Um, you know, older black folks who who actually had what relationship do all the older black folks have? With I think you know people who actual who people who saw Jesse Jackson run um, in '88 and actually win a state. Who people who saw Jesse Jackson go and get them hostages and bring them hostages back? I have a recollection of that. But for many people who are younger than me, who are in their 30s and their 20s, a lot of what their association with Jesse Jackson is is their association is him. You know, being on a 
hot mic talking about Obama and talking about Obama talking down to black folks, right? And so Jesse Jackson is is meaningful. He has a, he has a very meaningful place in history. I do not think that his endorsement moves the needle for any new black supporters for Bernie Sanders. However, I just don't think he I don't think it does. Now, I must have missed this. I don't know what I was doing. But when mm-hmm. did Jesse Jackson negotiate for hostages? I'm not sure. I mean, that, that when he said it, it didn't register on my uh, memory um, I got as it. well. I, yeah, I got it here. American civil rights leader Reverend Jesse Jackson said Sunday he has had prayer with the wife of Thomas. Oh, this is where contractors abduct, abducted in Iraq. 2004. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. That didn't register with me. I mean, what I know Jesse Jackson was for being uh, the heir apparent to Martin Luther King. Right. Uh, right. That's that's what we're known for. But if you listen to this conversation closely, they're explaining how he's become a dinosaur. Right. He has. He's no more. He has no more use. Th- this is the the point that Drew uh, is making. And I think Karen is agreeing with him uh, so far because he doesn't hold any weight. And he actually ruined himself with that whole Obama. If people are not familiar, when he got caught in a hot mic at Fox saying, I wish I want to cut his nuts off, (laughs) referring referring to Obama. (laughs) Well, yeah, I have a theory of what how that where, where that came from me, where that came from is Obama was able to circumvent the civil rights movement power structure. Yeah, to get elected. Absolutely. He went, he ran right around it. He went right around it. He's not tied into there. So I think that infuriated Jesse Jackson, but by him saying that, he really put it into his career. And if you notice, that was the emergence of Al Sharpton. Yes, 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 yes. So that was the transition of power there. But that, that's that's a tangent that I'm not trying to go on right now, but just to let, let people know the framing this conversation they have. But it gets more interesting as they continue on. And again, people, we should have these discussions. It's not yeah. personal. Um, I, I have, you know, it's an interesting period to be in where you just laid out some of Jesse's his, Jesse, excuse me, Jesse Jackson's history. And I want yeah. to be respectful because the man um, did live a life yeah. of service. Um, but there, it's a complicated history, yeah, it's complicated. you know. And for me, you know, I come into it with the spending the day with Martin Luther King's blood on him and yeah. doing doing media shortly after. I didn't like that I wasn't around for it per se I don't remember being a conscious human being mm-hmm. but you know I've studied and I read and I feel like in many ways he's part of the problem of the last 50 years in the black community of so-called black leadership somehow personally benefiting and becoming extremely wealthy while not a whole lot has happened in neighborhoods throughout this country yes that's the problem when you're like jesse jackson you're 78 you've been around long enough you know people figured out obama after four or five years you know they had plenty of time to say hey wait a minute what kind of game is this jesse jackson running and what we uh, one bullet that we need to put on the timeline is for this whole show is 2007 that's when the smartphone came about. When the smartphone came about, information just went spread like wildfire. And people became more educated, more informed on 
the issue that she brought up because I brought this up on a previous show and a lot of people didn't know about Jesse Jackson having Martin Luther King's blood on his shirt and doing press conferences. Right. right. And that's how I kind of hijacked the whole um, the Martin Luther King's movement by after his death. That was not well known. And it's weird that she says, and I know I say weird a lot. I'm going to stop that. But it's just strange that she says we had to give him respect. But then he then you accuse him of doing something as low as that and being basically a paid shield. <laughs> OK, so she's spitting the truth, first of all. Right. Uh, but I, I think it's time, Mo. It's it's just look, you're you're just getting old. You know, I've I've been around for a bit longer and this goes away. I mean, if you ask a lot of people really don't m- know much more e- even about MLK. They really don't. Mm hmm. I mean, the, 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 we've learned a lot from uh, from you and uh, on this show, but there's so mm-hmm. many things I think people just like ah yeah whatever. I, I I'm just doubtful or skeptic of the uh, of the education level because because it is so long ago at this point. But it's it's new news if you never knew it, and I think it, you got to follow me here because this is what started. This whole separation, it ruined the whole Boulay power structure. They're, they've been rendered uh, null and void. And I think that's why she's handling him with kid gloves, because she could be put in that box later on. Oh, yes, of course. So yeah. it's like, well, we got to ease the legend service and you no, know, but he did some low down, dirty things. It's like huh, those either call him out yeah, like- <laughs> or praise him. Well, what are you doing yeah, I agree with you there. She was clearly doing one of these, you know, it's it's almost like, uh, uh, I hate Trump, but I like some of the things he's doing. You know, it's like yeah. one of those. It's like, uh, well, you know, the guy's a paid shill, but we can't forget that, you know, he was there with Jesse when he, he had his blood on his shirt. So it's some yeah. kind of odd respect that people do. And maybe it's also worried about cancel culture that's most of our problems come from people just being too chicken shit just to say what they actually feel or mean and i'm sure her demographics is made up of those older black people that still have respect for jesse jackson i i don't she's on sirius xm so i don't know i mean sirius xm's audience is a pretty big black box it could be no one Mm -hmm. listening to this but you but she has to save herself (laughs) Well, of course she does. <laughs> she has to save herself because it's like, I don't want to, you know. It's a job. She's got a gig. Yeah. It's a good gig. You got to be careful. Oh, yeah. The power structure will come down. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. She, you probably won't hear her saying anything negative about China either. No. Okay. But, well, you know, because she's the one that, uh, last show, she was the one. That, we don't need to call it the Chinese flu or. Yeah. Exactly. That was her. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> so thank you. Case in point, of course, she's going to be very careful. That's the wokeness that's killing everybody. Now, of course, she's, we don't have that problem here since we're value for value, but we'll talk about that later. Correct. I think we stopped at three so we could pick up at four. And I'm going to say the same about Farrakhan. Y'all can at me if you want to, because I really feel like in many ways, it's been a whole lot of charismatic black leadership without a whole lot of results and receipts. And we need to have that conversation, too, because as we move forward, I say we do away with charismatic black leadership. (laughs) And I say the black agenda, which we mapped out here last Wednesday and started having a conversation about, should be delivered by a council of people we never see. Uh, I see what you're saying. Because ultimately, from corporate America, who literally writes checks 
to check a box to say I've supported black people. <laughs> Two organizations where that money, I don't know where it goes. Right. Because I, I haven't seen neighborhoods built. I haven't seen tech programs built. I have not seen education programs. I haven't seen the results of the checks that are delivered to these organizations, which I know for a fact, corporate America, they're doing that. Yeah, I've written some of those. Literally giving checks to organizations under the guise of black leadership. Wow. She's she's, uh, got quite. uh, That's good. I'm like, yeah, of course. What do you expect? It's it's a lot in that clip that we got to unpack. One. Farrakhan. She said, oh, I'll call out Farrakhan too. another dinosaur. Yep. This is I'm going to show you how real I am by throwing the dinosaurs under the bus. (laughs) <laughs> and making a clear line of demarcation it's mo, between it's me mo and facts them. jurassic park edition is what we're talking right <laughs> so they, they're rolling those you know the older heads under the bus but it's funny that recently she just had al sharpton al sharpton on her show and she didn't press him like that well so as you point out she, uh, powers transferred yeah and but he has the same business model as Jesse Jackson. Yeah, but he's you also need a corp- but he's on MSNBC. He's part of the structure. He's part of the machine. That is correct. So this is when people like me and my age and are aware hear this, we smell the BS. Right. It's like, hold on, you call, hold on, you have Sharpton on your show, but you call out Jesse and Farrakhan. You know corporations are writing checks to these people. And if you heard, listen closely, uh, Drew even said, yeah, I wrote some, I wrote of, those some of those checks. Yeah. So they understand the whole power structure, how it works. But now all of a sudden you have a conscious that you want to call it out. And then the third thing she brought up is all oh, this black agenda she start, suddenly has. Huh, what? What was this at uh, 20 years ago? <laughs> hey, uh, or, uh, I, I got to ask you, Mo. Because yeah. you listen to the, you listen to Karen Hunter a lot. Is this very popular? Do a lot of people listen to Karen Hunter show that you know? I mean, is, is there a lot of action around this show? I'm not sure because like it can't. When you search for clips, then the algo gets you know it, <laughs> it gets, gets whatever algo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It starts throwing it there, and I'm, it's not like I'm targeting her, but it's a very interesting. It's a good example of what's happening. That and she's walking a line. And and I said this before, her and Stephen A. Smith are very close with each other. I, I found out on another show I had that she had him on his show, her had him on her show. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, basically she groomed him uh, at the newsroom they worked at and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying by that is, she walks that line the same way he does. I'm a black man, but I'm going to protect the corporation I work for. I'm not going to step out of line. That kind of thing. Right. That's 99.99% of all pe- people in mainstream media. This is true, but don't make yourself seem like you're different <laughs> uh, than these other charismatic leaders wait, that she speaks wait, of. Wait, wait, Mo, you're telling me that People in the mainstream are full of crap. Oh no, <laughs> they're so full of crap. But <laughs> the difference is, twelve years ago she could have got away with this. 
But oh, the, that, yeah, it doesn't work anymore. Not yeah, not not and, not with Mo facts around. It doesn't. And that's and that's where we're headed. Is she doesn't realize she's a dinosaur. She's just a younger dinosaur, <laughs> right? <laughs> but now, nonetheless, she, now she's she making she's, she's making the mistake that because she's in uh, in a fancy studio built with dot com money on a Sirius mm-hmm. XM, she thinks she has some power. Whereas, of course, we know that the model, everything about her, uh, shows that she doesn't because she can't she can't say anything she wants. She has to say this. She has to to keep it going. But that's the role. That's the role that she's that playing is the role now. She's playing, is yes. let's throw the dinosaur. I, let's throw the older black leaders under the bus. Let's th- throw out the keywords black agenda, you know, and I'll seem hip. So, but what was interesting here is she advocates for a council and not for black leaders anymore. No longer recognizable leaders. But like an unseen, mm-hmm. like an unseen hand of people behind the scenes who call all the the good shots. Yes, that mostly made up probably of academia. Uh, yeah, technocrats you know, we call them technocrats. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the new that's the new model. Like oh, you know the the talking heads are bad. You know the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons and those uh, the Farrakhans are bad. What we need is people behind the scenes doing doing the work. Hmm. You know, uh, that kind of thing. Since when has that ever worked? Since never. Mm-hmm. But, but I always take the temperature by going to the comments. I look at the thumbs down count and people are not buying it. They're right. not buying. We know that either you're boule or you're not. I mean, there's different flavors of boule, but I mean, that that's the <laughs> litmus test. When, when, it, when you come to the hard questions, I tell them people not to vote. That's one of the tests. What do you stand? Uh, a corporate-owned uh, asset has to hold the party line. Yeah. No matter what the party is, they have yeah. to hold the party line yeah. where, oh, you know, uh, vote down ballot or uh, we need to scrutinize closely. No one will say that has corporate backing. I'm not voting. Right. This, these are, this is a litmus, litmus test that we can put to them. And unlike, it's really unlike, by the way, uncomfortable. unlike the uh, the hardcore Bernie people who now I think mm-hmm. see the writing on the wall, they're saying, oh, we're not voting. We're not voting. We're not just not going to vote. We're done. And I don't think it's the hardcore black Bernie voters. Curry, I would t- tell you to put your goggles on, but you're <laughs> right on time. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> that, that's that's my point. When black people were saying it or so-called black people, or quote unquote, black people were saying this. What maybe a year ago? If you don't meet our demands, we're going to walk. Yeah. If you don't put a candidate up, we're going to walk. The whole Democratic Party, liberal to blue dog, was saying that's you can't do that. Yeah. You have to vote. You know your your ancestors died so you could vote. Right. But now all of a sudden they candidate and and it's weird because they have the dem demexit demexit I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, that was that was part of this show as well. And I didn't. I just didn't add any clips to support it. But that was like, oh, now, now you get it. <laughs> you know, the you, uh, the establishment has boxed you out, but they want your vote still. Yeah, of course. Welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, shit, man. Even Tulsi has endorsed Joe Biden. Can you believe that? That's just, that was really disappointing. When you're 
when you're tied to establishment money, and this goes to show why value for value <laughs> is so important. Oh, yeah. Because we have the freedom to not only call out people that safe to be called out, but those that are seem untouchable. Right. We can go after them too. And it's not that it's the vendetta, but it's like we're gonna we're gonna have one standard here. Uh so we could continue yes. on with, uh, and that standard five. is is poverty, uh, Mo. This, uh, poverty in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> we have we hold ourselves to a high standard. Okay, we'll get to that all later. All right, good. Let's uh, let, now. We what do we have next here? We're rolling into five now. So that they can go back and feel corporately responsible. We've given millions of dollars to black people. Yeah, but black people aren't getting the money. The black leaders are. Yeah, and I can tell you as somebody who who used to write those checks, is that most corporations look at those dollars that they spend. You know how old old black folks talk about the tithe, like that. Listen, God said I need to give this give this tenth, and whatever the pastor do with that money is on him. I did what God said I'm supposed to do. Now, the pastor can set that money on fire if he wants to, but I did what I'm supposed to do. Corporations are like old black folks that tithe. That one, I'm going to write this check to. Insert the blank organization that we all know. We we've all been to the to the breakfasts, the banquets, and the luncheons and the galas, right? We gonna write that check now. What they do with that money because they are black, they know black people, they know the black community. They're in they're in they're in the arena. Our job is not to be in the arena. Our job is to support the people who are in the arena. That's the best that we can do. But we're gonna give them this money, and now what they do with it after that. Don't come to us and say we're racist because we gave the check. And when somebody come and when somebody internally says we're racist, we want you to defend us. Uh, <laughs> so I was, while he was talking, I, I looked up some of his previous employers uh-huh. and the big one that he worked well, Unilever is one. And I, but he got started Weber Shandwick and Weber Shandwick is a public relations company. So mm-hmm. when he says I wrote those checks, that's where he was writing them. He was writing checks as a PR company on behalf of firms because that's what those guys do. They consult on who you who you should um, uh, support, how you communicate your support. Can, is, can we lay out how that chain of events work? Because for, I think we may be making some assumptions here that people understand <clears throat> how that works. So say a CEO goes on television and maybe a blackface picture pops up from their college years. Well, that's, that's crisis management. Yeah. So, and if that, and if that's, he he is a crisis manager as well. (laughs) So, okay, exactly. It was two ways. It can, two ways it can happen. Well, it was the planned and unplanned. Yes. Well, Uh, (laughs) it would, yeah, correct. It would be better. A better example is something happens with a corporation. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so let's say, Let's say MasterCard puts uh, uh, Harriet Tubman on a MasterCard uh, doing a Wakanda salute. This is a good mm-hmm. example. So, <laughs> so outrage ensues. Um, now, big corporations often have their own, um, well, they, all, they have their own communications department. But when it comes to something like that, you need to really tamp that down quickly because you got shareholders, publicly listed, all, you know, shaming, cancel culture. So they'll call up. It's typically Hill and Knowlton. That's a really famous one. But uh, mm-hmm. Web, uh, Weber Shandwick does it as well. And they will give you a strategy. And uh, in the case of race in the United States, often um, 
Now, it works two ways. Um, I personally believe you can call Al Sharpton and say, hey, could you please come and uh, demonstrate outside my office so we can do a, a speech together and uh, we'll resolve this by promising not to do anything bad and we'll give you a uh, you know, million dollars for your uh, action network. Um, now, it, it's, it may be that uh, people like uh, Al Sharpton will smell the money and go there on their own accord but i think at, at this point you can just call you can schedule them you know you can you can schedule them to come and and you do a little script and then you give them some money and it goes to the the action network and everything's a jouncy jolly and you can put out a great press release and and it does work and the act is important because he just can't come in like, oh yeah, everything's okay. He has to put up the no, oh, he's he's got you know, the demonstration, the 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 bullhorn. You got to do the mm-hmm, whole thing. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. got to go through the whole the whole rigmarole. Yeah. Yes, and, and one of these cases that we've seen, I think we discussed in the show, is Jay Z in the NFL. The NFL got in a pickle. Yep. They said, who can we get to come in? Get a consultant. Yeah, and they was like, you know what? Uh, who who? What star well, can we get? Who's that fine black fellow that we? <laughs> right, he's married to that girl. Uh, the girl yeah, is so get, popular. <laughs> get Jay Z on the phone, and Jay Z like what? Oh, eight figures. Okay. Yep. Write him the check. He comes in. They put the arm around. He answers the tough questions. NFL doesn't have to say anything. He and doesn't have to. Have do, he doesn't have to even plan anything. No, he just comes in and you know uh, turn the charisma yeah. on, but. I just want people to understand how this works, and it's not by happenstance. It's a strategy, yes, and it's moving pieces. But this strategy is uh, antiquated; it no longer works because people know what the play is. It's like, oh, okay, Sharpner shows up, Sharpner's outraged. Go, they, oh, we're gonna take him to the wall. You know, they go in the back room. Oh, we come out. They're very sorry. We we set them straight. You know they're going to be more <laughs> culturally sensitive, and then they throw you no know, a couple million dollars into a program, yeah. buying poor kids and, laptops in the inner city, and then and, you know everything. <laughs> and and I will say, I think I think Sharpton needs to be looking over his shoulder too. We I think we need a new Sharpton. There's new someone new has to stand up in this game pretty soon in the next five years. Well, we talked about that, and that's what D. Ray McKesson and um. Uh, Talcum X. Uh, what's his name? Um, Talcum X. What? Yeah. Uh, I Sean King. Oh, oh, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's very yeah, similar. Yes. Because the boots on the ground now is the the outrage and council culture online. Right. I guess that's the, that's the new play. Yeah, but so we no longer can use the the reverend credentials with the new with the new guard. So I'm not quite sure what uh, what they're using as their credentials. It's activists. Activists. Yeah. Act, <sighs> activists is the new is the new rev. Activists <laughs> is the new rev. Gotcha. Act, uh-huh. act is rev. Got it. Got it. Got yes. it. Totally on. Yep. So they bring them in, but it's, this is going somewhere. But now we just see the inner workings of how, and she knows this, but when they, like I said, when they have these events happen and these characters show up, she's never called them out before. <laughs> she never said, oh, look, you know, they're rolling out their, uh, their talking heads. No, she, she plays along as well. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we can go again to clip six. If a company is racist. And that said company gave millions of dollars to the people who are supposed to hold those companies accountable. Are they more or less likely to hold those companies accountable? 
I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. You know, y'all do it as you as you may. Um, maybe this is a good bump. Maybe it's not. There's a story circulating about Joe Biden's um, uh, what's being whispered yeah. in back rooms uh, regarding what his team will look like. And I, I bring this up because Trump is a great example of what a team should not look like. Yeah, great example. There's a lot circulating about Joe Biden's mental health. Let me just go on record. I don't care if he has one brain cell left. <laughs> don't fret. I don't care. <laughs> there you go. That's a real American view of who you're voting for, ladies and gentlemen. Beautiful. Murka, right there. Nice. Well, the very thing she just criticized these leaders for doing, she turns around and does it at the end of the clip. Isn't that great? No matter what, he could have one brain cell. <laughs> one. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to vote for who the people that put the battery in my back want me to to uh, push. Yes. And that's this is where we got to now we're now we're here. A lot of people post 2007 the invention of the smartphone gave people access to a large amount of information. People weren't walking around with laptops to show you or you know or desktops. <laughs> hey, let me come over to my desktop and let me show right, you this. Right. But now with links Social media, you can share these things. The information has been there for almost 13 years now. These people are rendered null and void. And where this takes us is we've seen two things happen. And we they've been labeled with hashtags, but they are real movements. And we're going to get into uh, how they were hijacked. And I'm just going to do a little foreshadowing of the two events. One, the creation of ADOS. Mm -hmm. Two, the term Blexit. Mm -hmm. Those two things are real events, but they were hijacked by AstroTurf and it kind of made them seem like not real things. Like they, they could be explained away. Exactly what happened to the Tea Party in 2008. Correct. There was a real tea party actually started by Ron Paul and it got hijacked. And before you knew it, it was Steve Bannon. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> that went fast. Yeah. These things happen. Yes. But they have been mislabeled or misunderstood because people don't understand the groundswell that gave them the fuel to become uh, real movements in the first place. Real movements, yes. and But then they became fake movements by how the media covered them. Yeah, Russian but the, bots. The movement is still there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You can call it another name if you want to, but the movement is there. Now, this is where we get into some background clips. Uh, just because we want to we define certain things. So when we, on today's show, if it's your first time listening, you may be jarred by the term white supremacy. So what we want to do here is this is from show 12. Uh, Nelly Fuller defined what white supremacy is. Well, it's, we are on the system of white supremacy. That's the most powerful government that the world has ever seen. And that's the title of it, by the way. It doesn't go by any other title, even though we sometimes call it by other titles. But the accurate title for the government that we are under is, in capital letters, the system of white supremacy worldwide. It's just one world government. And that's the only government in town, the only government on the planet. 
that really counts, that is worthy of having the title of government. Yeah. And okay. I, I'm on board with this. So this is where we, uh, I want to lay out something, and I want people to think about it, and you too, Adam, and please push back if you think this is crazy. Oh, I will. I think people are experiencing what black people experience with racism with the coronavirus. Yes. And and I thank you for saying that. Uh, my sister just left me a voice message. It's, half of it's in Dutch, so I can't play. It won't make any sense. She left mm-hmm. me a voice message. She's, she's in Italy, and she's in Florence, and she's been keeping me updated on what's going on. And she, you'll love this. So she went to the supermarket. She knows the right time now, 4.30 in the afternoon. It's restocked. But everybody, almost everybody in the store had a face mask on. And my sister, mm-hmm. she's like, I didn't have, you know, I, I don't have a face mask on. And people were giving her stink eye, looking around the corner at her, you know, just a whore. And she, and she said, quite literally, I felt like I was being targeted, like it was a racist thing. Well, that sucks. <laughs> hey, Mo, that really sucks, man. So let me draw the analogy and make it flesh it out here. Coronavirus racism. There are two things you can't see. You don't even know if you're going to encounter it or not. Uh, the numbers aren't really scary when you look at the numbers, but if it's inside your head, uh-huh. yeah, it's, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're scared to go places. You're scared to interact with people because you're like, oh, they might be racist. Uh, I might encounter a racist, you know, have a racist encounter. So oh, a segment of black people are really scared to move around. And I want people to really put yourself in their shoes because this is how they feel. Like you said, when she walked into the store yep. in her natural state, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, yeah. you know, you, you must, you must obey the, and, and it's the, it's the agenda. What you're experiencing now, uh, where you have to have a piece of paper to walk around. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's stop and frisk. That's uh, Ausweisbieter. Yeah, that you're right. Oh shit, I write that down. That is stop and frisk. You say, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So this is a, a actually coronavirus should be a great learning moment for the nation. I want the people to empathize now when you when because we can say by the numbers, oh well, that's not a real threat. The flu, and this is here's another analogy. When you say, okay, cops kill black people. The, the rebuttal to that is, well, black people kill black people, black on black crime. Right. The parallel to that is Corona's killing people. Well, the flu kills <laughs> a thousand more people. <laughs> uh, you, you've made your very good point. And I think the, the of course, we can go on and make these comparisons over and over again. But I when I heard my sister's message, and I think when I just said it, uh-huh. uh I actually, I for a fleeting moment, I'm like, oh, I know exactly how that felt. You know, I think we all ha- can understand that kind of feeling, but when mm-hmm. it actually hits you, and I felt it, you know, by, um, you know, because of my sister, so I, I, I felt that moment. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty special thing to to experience. As I said, this right. sucks. So I just I just lay that out there as just a, a side. Well, so you, people, when you, well, you better be wearing a mask then, uh, for sure. You don't want to get double <laughs> racism. 
when you go right. outside. <laughs> Double right. teamed. So I say these things just so when when you hear the rest of the show, you can empathize with them. Now, when I put my white supremacist hat on, mm-hmm. which is which is pointed, um, of course, <laughs> uh, America is often compared to Rome an Empire. Correct. Sure. We have. Yeah. Yes. So to maintain a empire, you had to have a strategy. Uh, let's listen to barbarians rise, rising, rise and fall of an empire. Rome conquered what we called at the time the known world. And Rome power grew based on fear. When Rome conquered its enemy, it didn't just lead them to their own devices. It moved in. It set up systems. There were points of inclusion. There are points of suppression. And ultimately, there's a system that really worked for Rome to remain in power. Rome wants a number of things from the territories it conquers. It wants wealth, it wants glory, and it wants human capital. It wants slaves. Yeah, weaponizing fear. Weaponizing fear. Also, they said they couldn't leave their people to their own devices, so they set up systems of inclusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be the parallel to that would be the boule. You know, if you if you uh, will protect the the kingdom, the, the, the empire. We'll find a spot for you. Yep. Uh, they suppress others. So if we say Rome is an empire and they operate in this way, why wouldn't we say the American Empire will operate in this way, or any empire uh, for that matter, or any or any empire? Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, these are the latest two, and Egypt operate the same way. Yep. Uh, when you go back yep. and read, uh, they they. Um, uh, and, that's a very famous story in the so, Bible with Moses. So did uh, Nazi Germany. Yes. Mm-hmm. Russia. So the, the, the point I'm making here is you have to have a system of dealing with people that you conquered. So it's not far-fetched to think that this system exists. Uh, when, you, when you get ready to free uh, millions of people and let them live in your, inside your walls. Got to have a control mechanism. You gotta have a and you just heard that in the first uh, the first set of clips. Mm-hmm. This is how the control mechanism works. Is we have people on the inside. Uh, when we need to be bailed out, we'll get them on the phone. If we need them to calm the um, we need to calm people down. We we have the mechanisms in place. Being one of uh, MLK, mm-hmm. I told you how he was used, not him personally, but his image was used to um was uh, used to as a calming mechanism or a control mechanism over, over black people. Right. When, when they start to get rowdy or uh, upset. Now, what would King do? What would Dr. King do? Calm down. You know, so these things exist. What do we have Um, now? What do we have now? We don't have that. We don't have a person. We say, what would, well, Denzel Washington, of course. Well, still King. That's still, why they protect his. That's why they protect his image, right? And cultivate his image. But it is and, just that. It's just image. There's no more substance to it. No, it's no more. No, no, no. He, he no, not at all. And because he's a complex person, yeah. Uh, with very, uh, with all these people, they're very complex. But they boil them down to a, a tool. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just to say that. So now we say we can we can all agree that the system exists and it makes sense for the system to exist if you want to maintain an empire. Peace and <laughs> harmony in the empire. Yes. Keep everything calm right. at the ranch. Yes. 
Uh, another throwback clip. Just to show one of my favorites, one of my favorites, just to show how that conversation happens in modern times is Trick Baby from 1974. Uh, It's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people without hope. People become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Oh, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. Uh, No, thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. Betty Bing? So this is the point we're at now that we're figuring out these leaders are tools of gentlemen like in this clip. They they have a good talking game. They get the people motivated. They use uh, control mechanisms such as MLK, uh, Jesus, the Bible, uh, those kind of things to maintain the power over the group they're trying to control. Right. It's, it's, and they it's, work at the behest of, uh, of their, of their handlers. Right. It's not an exclusive black thing. Of course, this is of happens course not. with every yeah. group, every group. Yeah, of course not. So now we understand the system. We understand in modern times, how they enact the system. And in the previous set, of, the first set of clips, <clears throat> we actually seen the system, being unveiled by people that operated inside the system of Mr. Yeah, I wrote those checks before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, I did that. I did that. Well, I think he's so, only he's only signaling to her and maybe a few other. I don't think anyone else caught that. No one else is, uh, figures out what he's talking I don't think they know what he's talking about. Well. Goes over their I, head. I, I would think when I say this is the word they use, woke. And it's that word is so poorly used now and mm-hmm. just <clears throat> has been. It's also been um, hijacked. Yeah, it's been hijacked. It's being aware. So if you understand the system, it's like, okay, here's the players. I think a lot of people, more people than you would think, understand the system now because of the information that has been pumped out due to this uh, information age. I mean, the information age started, what, maybe the 90s, I believe, mm-hmm. but access to that information uh didn't happen really until 2007 correct being being readily readily available so now we move on to another throwback clip and this is from uh episode 13 and this is one of our one of the show favorites kanye west y'all gotta think man black people are like the housekeepers of america think about how your housekeeper you know what I'm saying? They got a certain volume they're supposed to talk in the house. We got a certain volume we're supposed to talk in America. So what do you think if a housekeeper is screaming in my house, what do you think the other housekeeper going to tell them? Be quiet. Be quiet, yay. Mm-hmm. Be quiet, yay. Mm-hmm. Don't disrupt the house. Don't disrupt America, yay. We orphans out here, but don't disrupt. 
there is but what if what if some people feel like you signing with the slave master too if, if we're in the house and it's the trump household it's like just like shit you siding with 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 the slave master if we're if we're both in the house and I see you rolling through wearing the red hat, I'm like, man, he just like this dude over here. And, and, and am I speaking that? Maybe. Are others speaking that? Maybe. But I'm saying, how do how do we separate that? Ooh. If we're both in the house, we like, man. I, you know. I ra- I'd rather deal with somebody who called me an N word to my face than a person that signed me for a lifetime deal on a 255 page of my contract. I got you. I got you. I'd rather know what I'm dealing with. That's why when I walk in with any, I don't keep nothing on my chest. I'd be like, this is what I'm dealing with, but I'm here. This is, I'm, this is what I'm dealing with. It has been institutionalized slave mastery and slavery. Our mentality is only one of the two. Now we need to find freedom. Yeah. That was, uh, that was uh, which interview was that again? That was with him and Big Boy. Big Boy, right, 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 yeah. Big Boy. So what Kanye West is saying is that we see now our, our eyes have been open and now we have the choice to continue to be mental slaves or we can be have what some refer to as a ruling class mentality. And that is that I'm not going to be a subject of anybody. I'm going to think for myself. I'm going to have a freedom of thought. Uh, I'm going to use my own brain. I'm not going to participate in group think. You're not going to shame me into thinking a certain way. You're not going to shame me into being quiet uh, when I call out things. It's safe to say, I mean, if I say, oh, Trump is this or that, people are like, oh, yeah, they clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you call out the other side, it's like, shh, can't say that. You can't say that about Joe Biden. You can't say that about Hillary Clinton. You can't say, you know, whoever the other side is because a perfect example, going back to the, the coronavirus. When the uh, Chinese saw that this was being labeled a narrative of being a Chinese disease, they sent their message out there. No, no, this is not going to be a Chinese disease. <laughs> they called CNN, say, "Hey, hey, 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 walk, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, this has been a, this has been a big one." It's. I will say that people are catching on to these things slowly, but people are catching on. Now I ask this question: Why is it that? That didn't happen when crime is associated with black people or uh, illegitimacy uh, children, illegitimate children are associated with black people. Why, why nobody ever pushed back against that talking point? Because uh, they, don't, they don't have any real power. Yeah, no power, no money. You got to give people money to make them say stuff. That's how I see it working with the Chinese. A lot, a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot, a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, you, yeah, a lot of, a lot of biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of butter biscuits. Yes. A lot, a lot of, a lot of butter biscuits. So the next question is, well, how did they control masses? Mm-hmm. This is another throwback clip from Show Five, and I'm doing this for a reason. One is to bring people up. If this is your first show, you can kind of get, or I mean, maybe your third or fourth show, you can kind of get where when we say things in passing. You can understand a linear view of how these things connect. And you can always go back to those episodes and listen to them. They're evergreens. You can listen to them anytime. True. And but what we want to do here, here and, and this is inspired by a couple of DMs I got of maybe I need to lay this case out linearly and um, then people can understand the, the, 
how the dots connect. Okay. So we, okay, there's a system. We, we agreed upon that. That system employs black people as the leaders to keep the masses of black people down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's simply because they're trying to maintain the empire that they have. Uh, which what we call white supremacy is really uh, another term used for is globalism, uh, the yes. Illuminati or whatever you want to call it. Yep. So we're, we're there. Now, what tool do they use to control black people? Advertising. <laughs> Marketing. And one, and one of the most powerful tools in advertising is nostalgia. Hey. And Teddy told me the most important idea in advertising is new. It creates an itch. You simply put your product in there as a kind of calamine lotion. But he also talked about a deeper bond with the product. Nostalgia. It's delicate. But potent. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. That was from Mad Men. Yes, that's from one of my favorite shows, Mad Men, one of my favorite characters of all time, Mr. Don Draper. So with nostalgia... How they use it as a tool is through images. You see uh, the old black and white pictures of the people marching and the dogs and the water hoses mm-hmm. uh, or either lynching slave ships, yep. lynchings, yep. Yep. Uh, auction block. Uh, they use certain terms. <laughs> yes. Uh, music. Of course, these are all these are all reinforced through trauma based entertainment. Uh, these images are reinforced, and the mm-hmm. and the trauma and the deep rooted nostalgia, as it's uh, defined here, is kept intact to be yes, to be it, brought to the front and and activated any time. And and that nostalgia and it's buried deep into the core of you as a person. Uh, I think the younger people don't have that. And I think that's why going back to the, the first of the clips with Karen and uh, Drew. It doesn't re- Jesse Jackson doesn't register with the young people because right. it's not it's not nostalgia. For, it's not nostalgic for them. Right. Uh, whereas the older people like, oh, yeah, I remember Jesse from the push and the Rainbow Coalition and. He was with Dr. King, you know, that's, yeah, the, that's, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the line that they draw with younger people is not there. Uh, so what they have to do is they have to mix. And Don Draper said in the clip, the two most powerful things, one is new. So yes. they take the new and mix it with the old, the new Black Panther Party, the new right. civil rights. Right, right, right. It, 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 so it's like, let me let me put the new with the old and then I, I can trigger you into controlling your thoughts. So one of the most, this is another throwback clip from uh, episode 22. Uh, One of the most powerful tools they had was the Highlander school song. It was in the civil rights struggle that Highlander became most famous and famous for a song. How that happened is a textbook example of Highlander working exactly the way it was designed. 
From the start, the civil rights movement had songs, lots of songs, but it didn't have a song. One unifying and irresistible anthem that not only said who they were, but that musically expressed all their hope, determination, and spirit. Septima Clark, Pete Seeger, and a new young staffer named Guy Carowan began adapting an old hymn-turned-labor song that Zilphia loved to sing. The word will was changed to shall. Some verses were fitted to the new movement's goals, and the tempo was changed so people could march to it better. It became... We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. Yeah, that was a great segment you did when we went through that. That's fantastic. No one knows that. And, and in three, in the in a previous show to twenty two, we heard three separate news organizations use the same song, <laughs> right? To 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 trigger that nostalgia. They're like, yeah. okay, let's put this in the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we had video, you would see it was in the granny black and white, uh, and it triggers you. It's like, okay, now we have them triggered. Now we download the mind control. So now it seems to me that a lot of these things no longer work that well. I think the trauma, the trauma stuff is still legit and it, it still mm-hmm. works. The trauma imagery, but mm-hmm. we're, we're missing, uh, we're missing some of these events and the people connected. It's too old. Know what I mean? That that was the problem with technology that the time, the cycle, time cycle sped up. Yeah. Whereas you used to could get twenty years out of a good, uh, a good uh, gambit. piece of propaganda. <laughs> yeah. No. Now you're lucky to get twenty days. Yes. I mean, look how fast things are going. I yes. mean, it's like even with this this uh, epidemic that we have going on now, mm-hmm. it's gonna, eventually going to burn out. People, I mean, unless you constantly start ratcheting it up uh the death count the death toll or yeah. you know something new people are gonna be like eh, whatever you know and this is gonna yeah exactly it's gonna fade away uh and i think that's what they're experiencing now so it's like crap we don't have the control and they're scrambling to say well, how do we get them back in the gun and control oh uh, so now one of one of the people i like to listen to uh just for their uh point of view and their perspective is Sad Guru. And he shares with us the importance of a name. Whenever somebody occupies a nation, any conquering forces, when they take over certain nations, first thing they will do is they'll change your name. Mm. This is the technology of dominance. This is the technology of enslaving. You must see, if you look at the African-American history, when African people were brought in, the first thing is at the port, their names were changed. Whatever they had African names, they were taken away and some silly names will be given. That's what has been done to us. Tiruvananthapuram is Trivandrum, okay? Chennai is mad, mad ras. <laughs> we don't know whether we're mad or we're rascals. <laughs> like this, India, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. So if I give you a meaningless name, you will become a meaningless, stupid person in front of me because I have a meaningful name, I have a tradition, I have a culture, you have nothing. Interesting. And he used a term there that I, I want us to file away. It's the technology of dominance. Mm-hmm. So the, what we just described about how an empire maintains power, it's, it's a technology. It's an actual... Uh, Science. 
It's a science to it. Well, I actually have uh, the theory of techno- technology dominance. <laughs> How about this? Uh, let me see if there's a... Do they have a, an actual definition here? Let me just see. The theory of technology dominance, TTD, posits mm-hmm. that a decision maker may become reliant on an intelligent decision aid under two conditions. Hmm. Let's continue. This warrants more uh, research. Uh, yeah, I just want. I, I, I like just want to. Wait, whenever these uh, terms comes up, we want to terms come up. Yeah, they, 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 they're 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 rooted somewhere. Well, it's, but it's, he brought up the point when they brought Africans here. They changed their names. Yeah. One of the scenes that we talked about from Roots is the Toby scene. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. was the breaking of the old and giving you your new identity. You know, there's also something to be said uh, for Trump doing that by nicknaming me people. <laughs> <laughs> he, yes. he defies you the way he wants to define you. And it, it's very you're, effective. You're sleepy. It's very you're, you're, low you're energy. Low energy. <laughs> uh, mini Mike. I mean, now when you think of a person, you don't think about them in their natural state. Yeah. He's defined for you. It's one of the most. How you should see that. Person. It's one of Trump's most basic building blocks, really. Mm-hmm. He tears you down to build you up into the image that he wants to see you in. The term "fake news" is, of course, a very good one. Mm-hmm. I like so, it. So now we're getting to well, when you, are we talking about on the personal level name, or are we talking about on the group level name? Let's get into uh, clip two. This is the first thing because. The concept of a nation must sink into everybody's mind. Yes. Because nation is just an idea. When this idea burns through your, burns through your mind and sinks into your heart and your passion is risen towards that, then you have a real nation. Otherwise, nation is just in the paper. This is the unfortunate reality for us right now. So, at least when they left in 1947, the first thing we should have done is change the name in such a way that it resonates in some way in everybody's mind. Right. Now, you, you, you are using an English name for an Indian nation. Hardly two, three percent of, our, of us can speak English language in this country properly, okay? The remaining people are essentially left out. I think this is one thing I would like to request the present Prime Minister. We must rename this country in a way it reverberates in everybody's hearts. Wow, wow, wow. Huh. I didn't know there was an issue with India's name. Yeah. They don't like it. <laughs> Clearly. It's an, English, it's, a, it's an English word. Well, if that works for them, think how it works for us. Huh. You took us, we were colored, the N-word... Uh, then we went from that to Negro to uh, African American, or no, well, black, and then African American. None of these things were decided by us. Wait, but there's a couple more. Come on, that's <laughs> that's not the only ones. Colored, you forgot you skipped colored yeah. people, and then people of color. You skipped all the yeah, good ones. Of color, yeah, no, but, well, I'm, we stopped it. <laughs> we're stopping it black for now. But yeah, yeah I mean, if, if you want to go past that point, now it's people of color because. We don't really want you to be black anymore. Right. We want you to be, you know, that's, that's too. That's not, well, <laughs> that's my not only that, but that's too. That's too uh, detailed. I love. I love how this sticks in your craw, man. This is my favorite because you hear it every all day long. You hear people of color, and I'm like, wow, these people are alienating, alienating themselves. 
No, that is the technology of dominance. Yes, true. That's what that is. No, 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 no. You're not black anymore. That's too, like I said, that's too specific. Just one of the many colors. Yeah, we need you to, you know, uh, uh, be more uh, group group into this group over here of colors. Uh, But let's just stop at black for a minute because another throwback clip for show 18, we had Alizan's The Psychic. (laughs) She gives us the definition of the meaning of black. Hello there. I'm Alison from AlisonPsychicSecrets.com. I'm a white witch, spellcaster, and psychic. I want to talk about the color black and its meaning. Black is not strictly a color, as it is the absence of all color. It absorbs all aspects of light. Black is viewed as a mysterious, secretive, and hidden color and has many negative connotations. Black can be very protective for people suffering from low self-esteem, low moods, or other mental health issues. They use the color black to protect them from the outside world and hide away their true feelings and emotions. Great care should be taken not to use too much of the color black for clothing and decor, as it is very draining and depressing. Although the meaning of black has some negative connotations, it does in fact enhance any positive elements given by other colours. So wearing black with another colour will promote and strengthen the benefits of that colour. <laughs> Why else do you think I'm hanging out with you, Mo? <laughs> I'm accentuating your white. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm, I'm shining. I'm such a bright light now. Now think about that. If this name that they're giving us, which is a color, has that much negative meaning behind it. If you embrace that name, one, you've given up your actual identity. Yes. That, that's that's bad enough in itself. But it's like, now I'm going to be this thing. And it, even in the, you know, the irony of that clip, she refers to herself as a white witch. Why? Yes, yes exactly. Because, because in, white is good. Yeah, white is good. Yes. Black is bad. Yeah, fuck. So now I'm supposed to embrace this title that you've created for me, which was created through uh, the arts and corporations. They actually created black. Uh, that's I'm black and I'm proud. Right. I even asked my mom, when did we stop? When did we start being black? I mean, that's, that's what, fairly what did you, new. What did your mom say? She said around the time of the James Brown song. And the black power movement. Which James Brown song? I'm black and I'm proud. Ah. Um, okay. But without doubt, there's a lot of black people who mm-hmm. uh, have helped this on board. I mean, if if I need to count every day the number of people of color who talk about people of color, yeah, I'd be rich by now. So it's enabling. That's the whole point. <laughs> yes, it's enabling that that uh, from from the the people themselves. Yes. Instead of us having the power structure to say that the Chinese have, they say we're not going to take on these negative memes and you know yeah. uh well isn't that isn't definitions. that yeah this shows you wealth versus uh ownership so every nba player there's only a few who are white every nba mm-hmm. player could do this could stand up and say no china but they won't because china actually owns them very true and we covered that in the episode with lebron james in china yep and the nba yep you don't you, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. So yep. that's 
They give you an amount of wealth that's so large that you can't imagine living without without it. Yeah. So that that's the control mechanism over you. Yes, but everybody, and I think, yeah, this has been on my mind a lot. The control mechanism okay. is the cancel culture. It is the it's that no, it is the cancel culture because cancel culture happens in business. It happens in politics. It happens in popular culture. It happens everywhere, and people are scared shitless of it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's stuff you won't do within the company you work at, regardless, true. regardless of true. race. <laughs> there's stuff you're just not going to say you're not going to do, but you know, right. maybe there's even people who don't really know what you do on the podcast for, uh, you know, because you're like, I don't want anyone to know. I don't want any problems. That's very true, and this is the balancing act that you kind of got to have. Yeah. Uh, but we're all human. We all have strings that can be pulled. Oh, hell yeah. But you also have to say, you know what? I'm not going to cross that line, even if it costs me. I'm not going to cross well, that line. Well, a, a mature intellectual human being will do this, yes. But you, know, you got to go through a lot of years of figuring it out before you get to that point. I want to I want to push back against that because growing up, that was the default for being quote unquote black. That's where the term "keeping it real" comes from. Mm. You, you see, and this is not <laughs> the understanding of being black is that you're going to keep it real. You know that's that's how we uh, that's our uh, mo. We're going to give it to you straight. You know, we're going to give it, you know, how we feel about it. We're going to give it to you straight. And, uh, and if you don't, then you're considered a sellout. Well, you, um, dive into that a second for me. You mean you keeping it real, but you keeping it real amongst yourselves or are you keeping it real? Are you real with me? I mean, I don't understand exactly Keep, what keeping you're... it real everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the default setting. Now, as you get older and you get a mortgage and you get, you know, <laughs> Those things start to get chipped away at. Okay, say, it, I, I, it, I, I agree. Okay, you make it. You make a very valid point. Once you have responsibility and stuff, you don't want to lose when you're young. Of course, it's easier to be a revolutionary. But it's exactly right. at the point where you should be pushing back or taught. You don't have those tools. You haven't felt the pain yet of uh, of being uh, fired or uh, canceled. And but, the people that should be teaching you. Are leading are leading you astray. Yes. Well, yes. There you go. True. So, so moving forward, Adam, do you remember how we cross paths? Because we're going to get in this. This is heading to uh, where we. Well, it, it, it was, was over the ADOS DOS yeah. issue, right? Yeah. And you you uh, reached out to me, and we had a long conversation. You explained to me how the what the ADOS movement was, and. Yeah, that's that was the initial contact. And what that was was the same thing that Sad Guru was saying that we need to redefine ourselves. Right. It was a nation, I mean we're not a nation within ourselves, but we are in a way of saying we don't want to be called black anymore. We don't cuz it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean the same thing that it used to mean. So people started gravitating around this hashtag. Mhm. ADOS. And it became and, and what I'm saying is that the groundswell was there and then the hashtag 
just gave that groundswell an, an, an identity. Right. So that that's that's. Well, so you're trying to rename yourself and take back the power by creating your own nape. Only that got hijacked. It got hijacked uh, because it, it's a lineage. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a political movement. <laughs> you know, my my yeah. existence is not a political movement. Right. It's a. It's who you it's are. My identity. Yeah. Um. So before we get into the ADOS movement and you know just how the world perceived it. Uh, let's listen to Mr. Dr. Amos Wilson uh, speak on culture and problem solving. Looking at the question, what is culture? Horton and, and, and Hunt said from life, from their life experiences, a group develops a set of rules and procedures for meeting their needs. The set of rules and procedures together with a supporting set of ideas and values is called a culture. To a great extent, you see, a culture involves a, a, a set of rules and a procedure for meeting needs. And this is the thing we have to keep in mind. You don't have a culture just to have a culture. And you don't claim a culture just because it's a culture or just because it's African. The ultimate thing that culture must do is solve problems. That's why people evolve a culture. That's why culture comes into existence as a way of what? Solving problems and meeting needs. That's why at a certain point, when a culture no longer meets the needs of a people or solves the problem confronting a people, that culture must be transformed. Well, there we are at the moment of transformation then. If we've got the old dinosaurs getting kicked out. And this is one of the things that I think we glossed over, including myself, because I had to start winding back and like, we're at a very important moment in time. Black people are finally saying, no, you're not going to call me African-American. You're not because that doesn't mean anything. You're not going to call me black because that doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to be a person of color. I'm going to identify myself. And we have several different terms that people use. We've discussed it on the show. You have ADOS. Foundational blacks. Foundational blacks. And you have native blacks. Mm -hmm. But they're all saying the same thing. It's one large group of people. Now, they may be not agreeing on what they want to be called, but they do agree that you're not going to call me this anymore. I'm not going to be the term that you define for me. Um, I find uh, using ADOS a very useful code. Okay. And I've seen, uh, in fact, uh, was it uh, some guy in Australia? Maybe it was Chris Wilson. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, uh, it was. Is that, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know he, he threw down ADOS at someone who was in the shop somewhere he was at. And it's like, when you, that's like, it immediately opens up an entire relationship when you do that. Because it is, I think it is universally recognized among ADOS. And when you, I mean, isn't it? Does everyone know this term or do you think it still needs some, has some traction that needs to, to gain? For the people that subscribe to it, <clears throat> it is. Now, sir, some people want to cling to the old. Uh, they had, they even went through this with, uh, with going from Negro to black, mm-hmm. the older people wanted to cling to Negro mm. I mean, cause that's your identity. Right. Uh, the, the younger people 
wanted you know, to cling to black because that's they wanted to re- redefine themselves, not realizing that they were re- redefining themselves to something that was pre-selected for them, but <laughs> they wanted to redefine themselves. And that's where we are now because we're like, no, I'm not you I'm not a color. And I'm not the same as somebody that comes here from other places that don't have the lineage and, of coming and that's, from and that's the biggest problem and that's where as as I've learned but doing the show with you that's where mm-hmm. most of the abuse comes from is well you know the, I'm black yeah but you're a, and I'm from slavery well it's Jamaican or you know other west indies it's not this you do not have the same story <laughs> as ados in america you just don't have the same story and you're kind of weaseling in on uh, their action and just think about it from the political standpoint of you have a political power that's trying to group you even to something more vague than black and to people of color, uh, colored people, and you're trying to say, no, 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 no. I want to be a subset of black. Right. That's a, that's a problem. <laughs> it's like, uh, right. what? Right. <laughs> it's bad right, enough right. we got to deal with you, you blacks. Uh, it's like, now you want to... Uh, define yourself as something uh, to, as a smaller group. That's no good, right? That's no good at all. But uh, let's let uh, Doctor Amos Wilson continue. There's nothing sacred about holding a culture in the face of you know new new events and new changes, unless, of course, you're free to do that if you're willing also to accept suicide or death, <laughs> and you have that right to that choice. You know, I tell people, yeah, we have the right to say, look, we're going to hold on to this culture, even if it kills us. But we should be what? Very conscious of our decision. We should not be holding on to it out of a misunderstanding of what culture is supposed to do. Ultimately, culture is supposed to solve problems and to meet the needs of the people. And a culture then has to be measured against those standards. Okay. And as he said, you can hold on to this bad culture. And he's speaking from a different time. Cause I think this recorded maybe in the maybe late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Now, black is being defined as uh, criminal justice reform. <laughs> Basically, we're criminals. We don't have fathers. We have broken homes. Uh, the crack epidemic. All of these negative things. Rap music. Uh, sexually promiscuous. All these things. This is the new black culture. And, and it's like, oh, you don't want to find yourself as that? Because as soon as you bring up, when you say the word black, a politician says, oh, yeah, I, I'm all for criminal reform. Right. Whoa, what, what, how'd that become synonymous? Right. And where's where's the pushback against that? I, and I, I just draw it against the coronavirus with the Chinese. Where's that, where's that type of pushback to say, no, that's a small sub, sub-segment of uh, of our population, but it's not who we are as a people. But no, it's it holds political capital. So they say, "Oh yeah, uh, yeah, criminal justice. Yeah, we're going. Uh, yeah, fix that for us." Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but yes, that's true. That's correct. And of course, in the past, as we've seen, many of the people who stood up to help, or you thought you were helping, were really in on the game and keeping the the power structure in place. So. Maybe, you know, people are wary now. Mm-hmm. Where are these strong leaders? Where, where's, 
where is the leader of the future? Who's going to say they don't exist? <laughs> they never existed. I mean, if you go back all the way to Margaret Sanger, they never existed. They've all, I mean, they've every, always, almost they've, every they've leader always, we talked about on the show has had a handler. Has had a handler <laughs> within this. Yep, you're so right. With wow. some kind of, so people are distrusting of leaders in general, which I, that's the that's what the school of thought I come from. Well, and we're going to get, oh yeah, we're going to get that eventually. Well, and, and this is why we connected uh, intellectually, and I think really because, but we both know uh, lizard people run the world, and I think that was one of our our main connectors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but so this should not be a struggle of ADOS. It's a struggle of all humankind, really, against the rulers who keep us down in many different ways. Yes, Whether it's based on have... race or religion or sexuality, it's, it's happening in every group. Yeah, and we all have our different paths to take to get to quote unquote freedom. Yes, I chose the path of podcaster, and uh, it's working out so far. Right. Uh, another one is just being financially independent outside of uh, the this global is, structure. Yep, yes, we're seeing a lot of people. We're seeing a lot of people nervous now because they they bought into the globalist agenda, and now your goods can't get delivered, or you know, or you they can tell you, hey, "Stay in the house, don't move, shut up." Yeah, Where are you going? Yeah. Are you coming back? <laughs> that's that's the one I'm most worried. I'll, I'll give you my quick theory as a preview because I'll be talking uh-huh. about it on tomorrow's show. How beautiful is it now if we could say, all right, everybody, we made it through this one. But what we discovered is people use 40% less pollutive stuff. So we, uh, our CO2 levels went down. There was less carbon in the air. We can actually beat climate change if we stay home every once in a while. <laughs> we'll make it a regular thing every you know once every quarter then people will stay home for five days and we'll go through this crap and uh and look we'll we'll win we'll win and all kinds of services will help us with this anyway that's and, and, that's my brief uh theory and it's funny you had that thought because i had the same thought that i'm looking at the numbers from work and nothing's really changed except so everybody's like, working wow. from what's changed is you don't need the expensive offices every day exactly uh-huh. and guess what you're always on mm-hmm. even better you're always you know at, at nine o'clock at night you can't say oh i'm not in the office I'll, I'll get to that in the morning no 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 your office is at home that's right get, look into that jenkins <laughs> <laughs> where are those tps reports right so um yeah that there, there, there is going to be some chat and i brought that up on last show this is going to have some long lasting impact of change yes uh so now we're at ADOS. ADOS itself, well, let's get into the clip and we'll talk about it afterwards. The ADOS movement is a group of persons who seek to position African American people, black American people, who are descendants of American slaves and out of that lineage in a self aware group that has a specific justice claim due to the inherited disadvantage of slavery, Jim Crow, convict leasing, mass incarceration, redlining, and finally immigration. American descendants of slaves feel that uh, reparations are the key policy prescription and remedy. 
Amish Jones thinks that if the U.S. government had dealt with the country's newly freed slaves properly, the black American community would look much different than it does today from an economic standpoint. Instead, he feels discriminatory race-based laws and policies position black America as a permanent underclass, and something needs to be done about that now. Well, yeah, stop calling it black Americans and black underclass. That would start. I mean, you have right the term there. right there. ADOS, you got ADOS right there. Now let's call it black Americans. Got it. Yeah, I, I see the fallacy. That's because we're not going to recognize it. We're, we're not going to, I mean, I say we, we're talking, and this is from Turkish news, TRT. This is a Turk, and I wanted to use, how does that world, how is this being communicated to the world? That's oh. why I use this, mm-hmm. this, this, uh, yeah, good choice. This news, news uh, vessel, because. I want to see how it's being broadcast to the world, and that you point, and I didn't even catch that. You, they said it in, said in, the it clip, in the clip, in the clip itself. Yeah. Oh yes, Ados is the black, you know, black people, you know, you know, the black, black. It's like, dude, how about? But what if you did that with pronouns? <laughs> oh, you <laughs> canceled, canceled. Ima- you na- imagine that so and so wants to be recognized as this pronoun, but I'm going to call him by the pronoun I've been calling them by. Before this. Wow, interesting. So hold on. So we have misgendering. So it'd be your preferred pronoun. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so how do we use that with ADOS? You can't say mis- your preferred lineage. You're mislineaging me, man. It doesn't yeah. sound right. We need something else. It needs uh, to yeah, be a different one. We, 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 we could work on it. I but... need to work, I'm, I'm working on the on the marketing side of this. You know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm ahead of you already. I'm like I'm ready to go to work. So, I want to let people know how this worked. You had a group of people that needed an identity because they didn't like the identity they were being used being used on them, uh, and they were being supplied with to use. So they gravitated towards this. I have to admit, ADOS is a beautiful hashtag. It's a beautiful term. It just from the ling- linguistics of it, it rolls right off your tongue. ADOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, even better than DOS. I mean, because it's like it's like ADOS. I mean, it goes up and goes down. I mean, which it matters when you when you're uh, as you know you work in marketing when you're giving something a, a product a name, it has to roll off the tongue. It has to be balanced as well. Yes. So ADOS is balanced. It went across the the to social be, to, media I, I like just, wildfire. I would just like to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes to what you said, but there's something not right about it, and I, I and I, I can't really put my finger on it. It it's not a thing for some reason. It's not it. It feels like it's less sticky. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, I don't know why. It's I, I just I've never felt that it really worked. I get it. I think part of it is pronunciation. Uh, mm-hmm. it's familiarity with it, so that's the biggest problem. Is if if you hear a lot of people saying ADOS, then it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, if we got, uh, you know, uh, if if we had, you know, Oprah say ADOS, first of all, that would be like way too hilarious. But mm-hmm. that term needs to come in because there's still people. For to, for me, it even took. Is it ADOS? Is it ADOS? What is it exactly? That wasn't really clear, and so it's. Yes, it's good, but it has problems getting out of the gate. Unless it has it's going, to be explained. It, it, you really don't. Yes, it has to be. Every, <laughs> everyone knows what black is. Everyone knows what African is. Everyone knows what American is. Everyone knows what they think they know what colored is. Um, mm-hmm. 
so it it does warrant explanation. And I actually think the cool, particularly in today's lingo, if a lot of people would use it, it would catch on real fast. But it's and not, that's, and it's not. That's why they attacked it because it was from the it was good enough to be used. Yes, to the time it really picked up. Uh, I mean, we saw, like you said, with the um, tea party, beautiful. It's, it's self-explanatory. It's like tea party. Oh yeah, like you know, like the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but look how they said no. We're gonna have, we gotta rebrand this as this or that. They did the same thing. Hey, oh, they're bots. They're Russian bots, and right, they're right. you know. Uh, so that's why that moved. That was a strategic plan to no, no, we can't let this pick up steam. And they actually rebranded it as a hate group, and the equivalent to it is MAGA, which is another beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you're right. So it, it's almost the in, it's the exact. Well, well, interestingly, well, interestingly, I think they're both the same thing. If you can take the black and white out of it, they are. It's it's the same thing. It's the same, but it's it's, they're both positive in my mind. If you look at the origins, you know, of course, anything can be explained any way you want it. But in 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 essence, it's just a term people just want. They want to say hey we're building something we're going to be a part of something and mm-hmm. and ados needs to where are the hats man where's my ados hat well that's a whole nother story for another day <laughs> okay. we're, we're going to get into what happened with them right, but right. let's get into this second clip from trt we're making that claim now because we're getting to a dire point here as of the what we see on the horizon a 70 trillion dollar wealth transfer from baby boomers to their issue we know that we're living a reflection wealth wise of our grandparents and if your grandparents were in a jim crow ghetto which all black americans were with few exceptions in this country due to those policies that we just discussed then we're going to be in a world of trouble and we will have nothing and, and be nothing and we will never be able to climb out and that's not fair because we built the country for free but should the solution lean so heavily on financial compensation? Dr. Carter thinks that the approach to reparations should be more comprehensive. Right, we're essentially trying to fix something that was broken. And there are a number of ways to approach that. And when you're talking about the African-American communities, this can happen on a number of dimensions. And that doesn't necessarily mean every individual person who is black gets some amount of money. Because when we monetize it, and you do do that, so take money in exchange for your pain. That transaction essentially says that we are done here, right? right. Legally, I have fixed you, and therefore, I don't want to hear anything else about it. And I think what we're talking about um, when you're when we're thinking about reparations is the more holistic picture, and that is not going to be fixed with one check. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. And, and it, I want. People make a mental note of this. When you start talking about cash money, the people, oh, no, well, we don't really want to check. You know, we're in a holistic approach. No. That's not how this world works. Everything, you know, you could, however, whatever, when you take people to court for pain and suffering or whatever, it's a, it's a check. <laughs> yes, when you, when you sign an NDA to shut up about being sexually harassed at work and you get a big check. It's how it works. What say? We're over it. We're past it. This, yeah. this, we come to a dollar amount. <laughs> it well, says, and, and, 
Go ahead. Well, what's interesting is, uh, you know, we're now about to give every man, woman, and child in America, within certain limits, a check, an actual check. The mechanism exists. It can actually be done. Lo and behold. And No, Curry, and- no. You can't solve these people problem with cash. We need a holistic approach. Imagine imagine if they try to fly that. You know, you stuck in your house. We we'll give look, you a holistic what well, holistic answers to your problems. Yes. That Which what, it, what does that exist outside of Holistic is, 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 is holistic is Greek for bullshit, by the way. Just letting you know. It's, right. <laughs> no. You, if you, we, we, if we get to the right number, and just as an aside, ain't it amazing how they came up with that two trillion dollars so fast? Oh yeah, when you, when you, when it, when it involves uh, white people, <laughs> elites. Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest with you, I'm just gonna be 100 percent frank with you. If white people wasn't gonna spend that money with the real white people, they wouldn't care either. Yeah, good point. It's like we got to keep the wheels greased, you know, to keep our corporations running. That's what that's all about. But it's just amazing. Nobody's going to say, oh, you know, you know, those people over here, over there, they're not prepared to get this thousand or two thousand dollar check. You know, we can't just put cash inside their hands. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they won't know how they won't spend it right. (laughs) It's exactly the same conversation. Now, I've thought of this many times uh, throughout this. This uh, we're going to cut everybody a check business. I'm like, wow, isn't that interesting? I thought that wasn't possible. Don't you need a committee? Don't we need a a committee? Yeah, don't don't we need a council to figure out if this is going to work or not? And then we need a study. (laughs) Nope. Two trillion. Yeah. There you go. And then we're going to cut checks to everybody. But when it comes to us, oh, we just don't have it right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and and this yeah. is a pro ADOS lady talking. Yeah. It, it, it's because whoever power structure she's under, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll entertain you. But when it when the rubber meets the road, it's now on the ash cake. Yeah. <laughs> no check for you. No, no cash. Yeah. So you asked the question about what happened to ADOS, the political group. Yeah. I'm making clear that I have to do this because if not, my inbox will load up. We're talking about ADOS, the political group. Well, I thought everybody was on code of that was pushing the ADOS, foundational black, native black, uh, exiting the uh, Democratic control that we're not voting if we don't get anything tangible. Mm-hmm. Well, the leadership of ADOS went off code. Every word matters at this moment. Part of the reason that we're talking voting down ballot Democrat is to make it clear that we're not a right wing propaganda tool. Because right now, the four D's come into into play. Dismiss, divide, destroy. You know, they're trying to they're, they're essentially trying to try to gut us and call us right wing when actually we're just demanding a black agenda. So as a result, we can't give any fuel to the fire. And I, I think it's it, what I'm seeing right now is an inability to really understand how important that is. Imagery, how important it is to cast this thing as what it is. We're, we're look, black folks since 74 have voted 90 percent Democrat black folks. Uh, when you look at Latinos in the last election, 65 percent of Latinos voted for for uh, the Democrats. Thirty five percent voted for Trump. When you look at whites since 74, their rate of vote for the, the Republicans has been over 50 percent. And for the Democrats, it's been like 40 percent. 
The Democratic Party is our party. The problem is that we haven't called on them with the specific black agenda and demanded of them what they owe us. You don't walk away from what they what somebody owes you and say it's because they don't want to recognize you without making without making a haymaker of a case. And that's what we're doing right now. So that's Antonio Moore, right? Yep. No good. So how co- no. how, how come he he doesn't even use the term ADOS himself? I'm telling you, we talking about that's black, a, black that's, folk, that's, black folk, black folk. That's, that's a good question. That's a very good. And I know that's a pet peeve, but that's a very honestly, that is a very good question. Yeah, I mean, now, but, now that you've brought it to my attention, I'm like, uh-huh. the, I mean, it, the number one thing you want to do if you're trying to uh, launch a branding. term brand, yeah. you want to use your own, you want to use your own branding. <laughs> you're exactly right. Huh. But this was this litmus test I was talking about because everybody, me personally, I always, when I brought up the term ADOS, I let people know I'm talking lineage, not political group. Right. Lineage, not political group. I don't think, I don't think ADOS even got enough runway to even be remembered as a, as part of it being a political group. It was, it was squashed so early on that I don't think the term is tainted. Well, they didn't like the the leadership of the political group. Well, no, it didn't like the term of all oh, we we have to go. How think about that logic? I have to go vote Democrat so I don't seem like a white a right wing Republican group, right? To show the Democrats my power. No, how, no, how does, that, that's that's the trick you've been. That's the football that keeps getting swooped away from you. And and when he said that, it was like all the air. Went out of the went movement. out of the movement, yeah. Because it's like you failed the test. Mm-hmm. This that the test is, and it's and it even for me, folks. Even for me, if I come up here talking about start to talk about, well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm warming up to this guy, you know, even though he ain't gonna give us nothing, you know. I mean, he makes me feel good. Yeah, but I would I would bring the hammer down on your head so fast, man. As I please, keep you in check, please keep do. you in check. <laughs> no worries, please. No, because. <laughs> That what needs to happen is if we're going to be, and this goes back to what we're saying about a culture, a culture is about problem solving. So we're forming this culture to solve a problem that we've been neglected for, you know, since the instead uh, the end of slavery. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, you're going to get yours. You're going to get your vote. We're talking four more years. Vote. We're talking four more years. Now it's like, oh, you got to put something down on it. We we, we need a deposit. Right. Need something, you know. Right. <laughs> it's no more talking, but that's when he went off the rails when and their whole political group talking about voting down ballot because that's a that's a con game in itself. Yeah. Who actually vote we vote straight ticket in America. Everyone flips the, we the top switch. Boom. Good yeah. to go. Yeah. We either drink Coca Pepsi. That's how we roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh as you you bring up the point of washing powders, that's how we that's how we choose. So when he when, it was like you was hurting people into the uh ballot box and you know how they're going to vote yes. they're not gonna sit there and check off every politician and, and as an aside we all know that tide really is the best we'll, we'll table that conversation <laughs> <laughs> trying to learn something here <laughs> all, right. all right so um with that said he got pushback from uh tariq nasheed uh, now, who is Tariq Nasheed again? Who is he again? He he is the creator of the foundational black um, 
American uh, movement. Right. And and he's a uh, film, a documentary maker, uh, and uh, not a political pundit, but a, but a racial he, pundit. But if he's that they a, bring on Fox, if, if if his uh, his definition is foundational black, then mm-hmm. he would. I guess not want to see Ados take off if if his if he's looking at that definition or does he not mind? I think everybody was moving in the same direction, even though it was different names. Yeah. The naming thing wasn't the concern. It's that everybody's watching everybody to see. Okay, who's going to do what? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, as, as how I, and I, I wasn't just picking on Karen Hunter. Every black person now that a- talks, every Ados. Well, I said black for a reason because we're talking ah, about okay, all, uh, yes. the non-ADOS as well, okay. which that they're in high population in, in the talking head circle. Mm, uh, yes. We we vet them and say, okay, the, this is the list of things. Are they talking about voting? Yes or no. Are they talking about reparations? Yes or no. And And when they say reparations, do they mean cash? Do they mean a check? Or do they mean some kind of... Uh, a meeting a holistic approach <laughs> a meeting now, right right uh, no and if you don't pass that litmus test then you have no more say so in the conversation and and this is the inverse this is how the council culture is being used against itself it's like no we can counsel you you know you know you don't well, exist anymore. well that is the ultimate the ultimate weapon that um, every American has is you got your vote. That's that's the one thing everybody has. And if, and welcome to the true power. If you can get all the votes that you want lined up for what you want want them to do, you have real power. But when they could use nostalgia, uh, control leadership to force you to what their expected outcome to be is, we didn't realize that power. But that's why I keep going back to 2007 no. with the invention of this easily movement of information. The information age was here, but the actual move, easily moving information, man, it really put a huge problem. I would, I would go out and let me say this. If Barack Obama had decided to run in 2016 instead of 2008, he would have lost. He wouldn't have, he would have lost. Yeah. Uh, well, this show is part of part of that movement, Mo. It goes very slow. These things move much slower than you want them to. Um, but I think it's moving fast, though. These things move slower than you'd like. I really, I really think, I mean, yeah, I think they do. I got time. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I got time. So I mean, uh, but what I mean, reason why I'm saying it's moving fast is you've seen Kamala Harris get. Rendered to nothing. And rightly uh, so. Yeah, Cory Booker couldn't even get off the ground. <laughs> You've seen uh, Mini Mike, you know, the, the, the people in the church uh, turn their back on him. And then that, right. you know, it, it got broadcasted around the world, a being yeah. that was taken down. So these things are moving a lot fast. And this is why, this is the, this is the, the show in a nutshell, what I'm talking about. The fact that I had time to slow down, take a step back. Those set of clips I started out with, I was headed in another direction. In a negative direction. But I had to stop and think like, wow. We got them on the ropes. If this thing doesn't pan out in 2020, they're going to have to have a whole new team. 
everybody got has to go. And that's a, that's a lot of power in a, in a short amount of time. Well, yes, and I think it's very well known, uh, and I think they're ha- having them on the ropes may be true because I see the conversation, I see how they're talking, I see all everything they're doing to pander. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, they don't have a lot of ammo left, really. I mean, Joe Biden has zero credibility except for you know i'm sure older people and you know who just like eh, i like barack kind of whatever i'm sure they still fall into the trap but i i don't see him having any credibility with uh with ados at all in fact quite imagine the opposite if he, imagine if obama tried to select him as his running mate now it's like oh barack what are you doing Oh, you yeah. wrote the crime bill. Yeah, no, that the, never came up in 08. No, the game the game has obviously changed. Yes, obviously, and there is some scrambling going on. I agree, and it's beautiful. I'm, I'm loving it. That's why I say I'm, I'm here today to let people know I am at a. <laughs> You're on a high. I'm at a place in my life. Yeah, I'm at. A, I'm on a high because I didn't realize what I was. Seeing. I knew it. I saw it, but I didn't really. Well, now now is the time for Ados to strike. I mean, once we, once Bernie's out of the way, which is, I think, clearly going to happen, the time will be when Biden is the official candidate, whoever it is, that's the time to strike. That's when the you dooms- go-, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the doomsday clock, to use that analogy, for this time that we live in is going to be the voter turnout, that number. Yes. Which I think already at this point, in my mind, I think it's already enough to... Uh, uh, to prevent any Democrat from winning the general election, I think there's enough already who are not going to turn out that it'll mm-hmm. already it's already a foregone conclusion. But it would so be, when that it, number it, comes in, it, I think what, what, what we say it was 63, and then it went to 57. I'm going I'm going off the top of the head here, folks. Yeah, but uh, Barack in 2012 was 50, 63. Uh, 2016 Hillary got 57. Yeah. If that number goes below 50. We got a whole new ball game. Yes. Well, we uh, have a whole new ball game. The machine will have to ratchet up some racism. Talk about uh, Trump. It don't work. <laughs> it, don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't well, work. But that's all like, they. That's all they know what to do. So that's the only thing they've got. I, whether it works or not, I don't think they have. Any, they've got no more bullets. And but I'm I, glad you brought that up because our first show, we brought up one thing that I haven't mentioned in this show. When Trump utter those words, what, what do you, what do you, you have to lose? to lose? Yeah. That's a bell that couldn't be unrung. Yeah. And he's using it again, by the way, in the um, in the coronavirus uh, fight. He's brought it up again. <laughs> but not, but this is in case. As he should. Yes. Because that's, that's a. It's powerful. Yes, yeah, a very powerful statement. Uh, if you have nothing to lose. Inversely, that's mean you have everything to gain. Yeah, and that sent ripple, ripples through the through uh, through the community, right? People were talking Man, about that. <laughs> it made you start to reassess the whole thing. Like, hey, your schools are bad. You mean your neighborhoods are bad? It's like, oh, you got <laughs> hey. a point there. And, and these people <laughs> been promising this stuff for forty years. I mean, at least if you start going back to like the nineteen sixties when when we talked about when black people really pivoted to start voting democratically. Uh, yeah, 
So let's just get back on track here and let's listen to uh, Tariq Nasheed's reply. My position and everybody, ADOS is a lineage, but then it's also created by a movement of politics, a very succinct politics around the black agenda and reparations. Okay, so right there, it's a, okay, it's a lineage, but it's a movement based around politics, so it's a political group, brother. Okay, okay, well, say that. Let me get it back to me. See, this is what I'm saying. Go say that and just be very upfront with it. This is a political group that they have that they've named the same thing so that it could be conflated. That's him saying it's a lineage, but it's also this political thing, too. So it's a group that they've conflated with the lineage. So when you speak about the lineage, by proxy, you're speaking about the group and you're bigging the group up. It's two things. That's very deceptive. That's very deceptive. That's deceptive. You ain't talking about lineage no more. So if a person out here just saying, yeah, I'm ADOS, and you thinking, okay, I'm just supporting the lineage, and then they're using that, Tony Nivet, well, that's, that's a member, that's, he's in my group. That's my group member. I'm the leader of. You understand? We're a lineage. You telling me who to vote for. Yeah, he has a, he has a good point there. It was a bait and switch. Can't argue that. Can't argue it. You can't because it it happened to me. But I I mean, I I, I'm aware. I'm aware enough to always preface my statements. When I I was like, okay, I got to see where this is headed. Uh, because we've, like I said, if you know the history of NAACP and these other groups, it's like, wait a minute, where how where is this headed? So. I mean, he brings up an excellent point. So what what ideally we want, it was laid out by Malcolm X. And this is another throwback clip from number show number 19. And it was from The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community. The, the time... The time when white people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. By the same token, the time when that same white man, knowing that your eyes are too far open, can send another Negro into the community and get you and me to support him so he can use him to lead us astray. Those days are long gone. <laughs> uh, no, they're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> no, they're not because it's still happening. Oops, sorry. It's happening, but it's not effective. And that's the... What you're seeing now on MSNBC, CNN, and these other uh, news channels, they're running in place. It's the twitching of the corpse. Is that what you're saying? It's, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, they're running in place. They're going nowhere fast because the votes you were going to get, you're going to get. I mean, I'm not being naive and say, oh, well... But you're going to get those votes anyway. People already have that Tuesday marked on their calendar <laughs> that they had to go vote. So you're not increasing, you know, the turnout. Right. What, what you're doing is you're overplaying your hand. And the more you talk, the more the, you're exposing the worse, yourself. Yeah, the worse you make it. Yeah. 
yeah, and uh, and I'm enjoying it, and they haven't figured that out yet. And another point I want to bring up is he uses the term nationalism. Yes. Now, if you notice, nationalism has become very popular again. Yes. When, when we talk about, oh, we need to manufacture some more stuff in America now, uh, <laughs> the, the medicines. and So why wouldn't we want that in our own communities? Well, you do, of course. Yes. But now, but that used to be a nasty word less than a month ago. To use, you know, <laughs> well, things do change. This is true, and and we've seen some monumental shifts. What I what I guess what uh, what I'm I only know through you how big the ADOS movement is. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're the gateway for me because and, and, I and, and, I can't trust anybody I see on on television or or hear in the media in general. But apply the test to them. That goes for anybody. All the listeners out there, apply the test. And. How do they wrap up their uh their, their talk points? It's like, oh yeah, now that's why we need to go out and vote on Tuesday. No, 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 no. no I I understand, but what I'm saying is yeah. the 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 ADOS the hashtag ADOS cultural movement mm-hmm. is largely invisible because it's being kept invisible. But it's there. It's like it's bigger, and that that's the point I'm trying to make is it's bigger than ADOS. Got it's it. that that it's there. I mean, it, now it, what it, you want to call it? Right. It, it it doesn't need the term. The vibe is there. Yeah, and that and they fed off the vibe to create the term. It's not the term didn't create the vibe, and that's why I'm trying to communicate here. That uh, you've communicated. I get it. I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, no. I, but I, that's why I'm asking. So okay, now I understand. Yeah, it's there, and that that's the point of this this whole episode is to let people know. No, they didn't. Whoever coined that term didn't create the movement. It was already there. It just gravitated towards that, that and easily is, recognizable term. And I've heard you predict it, but is the movement strong enough? And and about, I disagree with sending the Democrats a message. I mean, I think there's other ways you can go about it if this truly this movement, because you're still going mm-hmm. after the people who have promised you the football for 40 years, and you're still you're still going to play with them, although you're going to reverse you know, uh, flip the script by not turning out. Do you really think it's, it's big, it's big enough that the turnout will be so low that it will make that difference, that it will cause any Democrat to lose. And it will be because of this, this swelling feeling of, we just term it as ADOS for now. 57 already had them losing. (laughs) If nothing changes from 2016, they're already in a losing position. Right. And it's not that we're, I'm speaking personally now. It's not that, I am going to run to the other side and vote, but me not voting helps the other side. You understand? I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I always bring up the term negative vote. Right. That is a real thing because it's, you know what? I know what me not going on Tuesday, that what that I understand that power. I don't have to go vote for the other side. I'm not going to mislead them or misconstrue uh, the fact that I'm all on board with you either. No. I'm sitting back and says, what do you have to offer? <laughs> right. Well, okay, but, but so you're still going to be sitting around waiting for them to offer something. Even though if, if it's not this time around, it's in two years or in four years, you know, someone's going to have to grab this this donkey by the reins and uh, and make something happen. I mean, someone's got to stand up. That Are we- you, talking, you talking about from the group? Yes, of course. No, 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 and we're gonna get there. That's that's what the, that was the whole topic of the show is is about. 
Okay. When we play the ISO clip, we don't have to do anything. Uh, and I'll explain why, but let's let's wrap up with the uh, the second clip from Ballot of the Bullet. We must we must understand the politics of our community, and we must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what part politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into uh, supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. So the political philosophy of black nationalism only means that we will have to carry on a program, a political program of re-education to open our people's eyes, make us become more politically conscious, politically mature. And then we will, whenever we get ready to cast our ballot, that ballot will be be cast for a man of the community who has the good of the community at heart. All right. I think that it's, was. It's, I think that was used uh, for Barack Obama a couple times. Yeah, and it, and it's politics. Yes, it's it's. What do you have to offer me in the next four years? And that's that's. It's kind of like we're voting mercenaries, not loyal to anything, but you know, to the purse. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what has loyalty got us this far? Nothing. Now, what we could do is we could. Do Trump a solid and not vote, and yep. see you're know saying. Then see he says, okay, well, you met me halfway. A not a not a non vote is is meeting him halfway. Mm-hmm. Now now what are you going to put on the table? You trying to get this new party off the ground, which I believe that's what he's trying to do. I think MAGA is going to be a political party more than a than a political polit- polit- uh, political movement. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Is that is there is there a uh, enough on the table to entice us to come over is there a spot right 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 yeah oh i like that you, th- this is where we're at and, uh, no more freebies and like, <laughs> no it, i got you <laughs> I, I, we're no more freebies <laughs> that's a great way of looking freebies yeah you might vote yeah, freebie. we've been, we've been freebie in it for 40 years no yeah, no more yeah. uh, now you gave me a perfect alley and i'm oop it Yep. Uh, to leaving one, this is a quote unquote plantation, and then going to the other plantation. And then what that is, the analogy is the Democratic Party is a plantation that has black people on there for so long. Yeah, and we've, and we've, heard, we've been hearing a lot of prominent figures say this literally leave the yes. Democratic plantation. Yes. Well, it was formalized under the term Blexit. What do you get when you mix the words black and exit? A new political movement which wants to make black people stop supporting Democrats, but how does Kanye fit in? All right, top of our news feed, Kanye West and Blexit. Now, uh, as we know, Kanye, or Ye as he now wants to be known, has been a vocal supporter of President Trump from the very beginning. And running alongside this has been a movement which has now officially called itself Blexit. Basically, it tells black Americans to leave the Democratic Party and vote Republican. And its founder suggested Kanye was part of it. But overnight, Kanye West said no. My eyes are now wide open, and I now realize I've been used to spread messages I don't believe in. I am distancing myself from politics and completely focusing on being creative. 
Confused? Well, thankfully, Akanksha's here to explain. Right, so this, this was the movement spearheaded by uh, Candace Owens. Correct. And this is the second groundswell, and I, I know I've used that word, but this is the second one. We were leaving anyway. Yeah. The term Blexit didn't make it's like we like we were comfortably with oh I'm gonna I'm gonna vote Democratic and then the term came along Blexit. It's like, oh you know what? That's interesting. Let me look into that. We were headed that way anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but and- she comes along and current coins the term <laughs> or there's stories out there that she stole the term for some other person, but that's here nor there. It's like, hold on, what is this Blexit thing? Right, but then Kanye felt that he was being because uh, I think I think it was Candace who was talking. You know, made it sound like Kanye was a part of it, and it was, and his uh, was. and his his art was being used on some merchandise, and so mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you know someone got swept up thinking that you can. Uh, once you got Kanye saying, okay, that you got him, because you don't. This is not how Kanye is. They were trying to leverage his celebrity to, you know, to fuel their movement. And it's too bad, because I think a lot of the right people were there, and I think Kanye was the right person to bring into it, but that was completely mismanaged. It was, and it was was trying to cut corners. Big time. Let let the person know what your plans is, you know, and then if if they're on board, then you do it. But it was like, oh, we want it for a quick boost yeah quick pr hit yeah we want to we want to uh associate kanye with this movement which which he was was not and they took the one thing they never should have done they took his art whether it's musical art or drawing that's the one thing you don't touch that you and that that was where they i saw that happen like oh you stupid morons because candace owens has great points that she makes but i'm the t- i'm fair one thing you'll learn about me, I, I I judge equally, no matter you know what you're saying. I judge your actions, and I put the same litmus test to Blexit and and Mrs. Um, Owens as I do with uh, anybody else. You know, you could be saying the right things, but let me. How are you going to finish your sentence? What what's the sale? You know, right, it's like, right, right. <laughs> you could get me all, all riled up, but what's the sale at the end? Let's get into Blexit too. Blexit is short for Black Exit. It's a call for black Americans to stop supporting the Democratic Party. Blexit's website says the movement is the individual journeys of free thinkers across the country and a place for those who have released themselves from the political orthodoxy. Is from their long-standing support for Democrats. Conservative activist Candace Owens explained the movement during its launch last weekend. We will color these cities like this room looks colored with positivity and with hope, progress that can only come from a change of mindset. Blexit is a renaissance and I'm blessed to say that this logo, these colors were created by my dear friend and fellow superhero, Kanye West. Yeah, also fellow superhero. No, 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 So she comes in and, you know, she it sounds good. It sounds good on paper, you know. Uh, it was, one thing it she was said, a, it was a monumental mistake. It was. And another thing she said, we're changing people's minds. 
these people minds were already changed well that's, <laughs> it was just you gave them something to, to that's, rally around that's, that's part of her superhero she thinks that she's a superhero that i i don't i didn't I'm sure I heard her say that, but I I didn't register the first time I heard. It. Now I'm here and like, no, no, it's wrong, it's dumb. Well, this is what happens when you're propped up as a you know as a as a leader, yeah, amateur, quote unquote leader. You start believing in yourself. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm making these people. No, the people already are looking for something to rally around. You just gave them a turn around, which Blex is another great term. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, Brexit. You, it's great. But it was mismanaged, mishandled. And I think and it's tainted now. You can't use it anymore. It's tainted the same way ADOS is. Yep. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't represent something that's real. True. It, it, this is the narrative uh, I mean, that I'm following here. But let's get into Blexit 3. Kanye West was linked to this movement immediately. He's previously described her as a friend and tweeted this. I love the way Candace Owens thinks. But now he has denied involvement with the campaign, tweeting. I introduced Candace to the person who made the logo, and they didn't want their name on it, so she used mine. I never wanted any association with Blexit. I have nothing to do with it. Kanye has had a difficult time with his mental health recently. <laughs> He's told the world he has been off his medication and has had to apologize for inaccurate claims made on multiple occasions about the history of slavery in the United States, oh. saying it was a choice. <laughs> oh my God, don't even go there. This is from TRT, yeah. the same Turkish. Yeah. Tur- but, so that, I, but that was the narrative. That was the created narrative is that, and dude, I heard the, the, the millennial white girls saying, I don't like Kanye. He's racist. He says it was a choice. And they didn't even look at what he said or listen. That's just how it went around the Twitter. Like, oh man, I can't believe he said that. It was not a choice. And they don't even understand where he's coming from. And he's crazy enough his meds. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then it then it became like, well, you know, he's he's he has problems, so it's just, you know, poor Kanye. And which is another way of marginalizing someone. And I want to make one more point here. Even for myself, just a little inside baseball. If I happen to put a red hat on, it could be it'd be very lucrative for me. That 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 is not missed on me. <laughs> if right. I went on my YouTube channel, put a make America make America great again hat on. Yeah, I could make a ton of money. Yeah, but sleep becomes very difficult. It does, and, and, and <laughs> it becomes and, very and, tough. <laughs> and what I'm trying to do here is build up something that's gonna last and it has integrity. And that that is what, you know, I put the value out there and people return the value back to to us. I, I like new money. I don't know if you do, but I, I hate old money that's wrinkled and dirty and got all the diseases on it. I like new money. And when I give um, when I give things to people, I like to give stacks of money. It's fun. You ever had a stack of new money? Have you? You have it? Have you? A little stack. A little. Oh. <laughs> and so I, I, I made you know the big stack where it was brand new. And I like brand new money. I just I don't want any money around me. Is not. I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand than an old twenty. 
Now that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like $100 bills? Oh, yeah. I like oh. new money, too. Oh. Most beautiful thing on earth is a $100 bill. I hadn't seen a woman as good looking as a $100 bill. There's something about a $100 bill that excites you. That's right. Mofax likes new money. We like any money. And, uh, well, you made a very good point. Um, of course, I could have kept in mainstream television. I could have uh, I could have done something. Uh, now I'm, f- and you'll find out, we're forever tainted. It's very hard once you've been completely authentic with yourself and with, uh, with other people and you're sharing that with a community of producers. Mm-hmm. It, it's impossible. I mean, I get... I get asked for mainstream stuff all the time. I've learned just to say no, because I know I'm going to hate it the minute I'm doing it. The minute I'm doing it, because everything is phony and fake. Uh, And the stuff we're discussing here, this conversation cannot be had, cannot be had anywhere where someone would pay us money from some corporate entity. It won't happen. And I think the show (laughs) explains it quite clearly why. This is why we work on the value for value system pioneered by the No Agenda Show. Um, and it's very simple. If you listen to this podcast, if this episode, and you got any value from it, if you learned something, if you feel it was valuable towards your life, how you approach life, your work, I mean, it could be in many different ways. Just let us know what that value was and send it to us. That's all we ask for. We don't work for tips. We need, we need money to continue to do this. Um, and we really consider this to be a an effort amongst the people who are producing the show and by production we mean uh, like the dms you're giving us with ideas clips different things i see you i see everybody at twitter particularly it's very helpful but also yep. the financial part that's what producers do so we're going to thank a few of our people for um, actually all the people who have uh, supported the show since last week and we start with john taylor who has a we have a make do because we uh we missed his donation i guess uh last week twenty five dollars so uh we have a a make good for for him and he says please keep up the great work hopefully you and yours will do well in the next two to three weeks while the rest of the nation figures out what food will be in stores i think we're beyond that uh but thank thank you very much uh john and john actually uh, I guess is now on a weekly donation because he gave us another $25 for this week. Our executive producer for the show will be Joel Tucker. Actually, uh, I think we I think we can safely say we have two executive producers, one associate executive producer. We're keeping the, the levels a little bit lower than typical. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, our top supporter is Joel Tucker, uh, $111.11. Lots of uh, beautiful magic numbers there. I just started listening to your podcast and binge through every episode within a week or two. Thank you for all of the work that you put in and for everything you bring to my attention. Great content. Really appreciate it a lot. Rebecca Webb, um, she uh, gave us $100 and said, thanks for the great words. God bless. I'll send a separate email. She gave us her email address, but neither Mo or I could find it, Rebecca. So uh, email again, adam at curry.com. Uh, it's probably the easiest to remember. And uh, we'll we'll read out anything you have. Be very happy to do that. And thank you for uh, for your support. That's a great amount. Peter J. Boyle, seventy five dollars. Amazing episode. He says, stay safe. James Loman, fifty dollars. Thank you. Louise Wakefield from LouiseWakefield dot com. I don't know what Louise has. Uh, Thirty three dollars. Magic number. Then we have John Taylor showing up again with twenty five. Adrian Magnuson White. Uh, also $25. Thanks to Mo and Adam for amazing insights. Completely missing from the M5M, the mainstream media. 
Cortland Richardson, $19.12. I love this podcast because it confirms, educates, inspires, and validates my personal life as an ADOS citizen. I love you for your knowledge and commitment to the American experiment. Preach. Yes, right on, Cortland. And I said right on. Uh, Jonathan Evans, 1441 Palindrome donation. Thank you. And this is for more great shows. Elvis the Chef Rosenberg, $10. Rona Bona the Fan 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 Bona the Fifi Corona. Chef. I butchered that, but we got the idea. Thank you, Elvis. Jill Stasiak, $8. Um, oh, this may be from Patrick uh, Stasiak from Saginaw, uh, Michigan. Thank you very much. Uh, Robert Conti, $5. Great show. Be interested in hearing your thoughts uh, on the growing rap country genre. RMR's Rascal is the latest example of this. Is going viral. Billy Ray Cyrus famously was the gatekeeper for Lil Nas X when Old Town Rome became super successful, but was kicked off the country charts. His intersection with the mafia, drug money, and the country industry in general will be a fun launching point. We'll be making a recurring donation. It's a great. We got to talk about music in general, the music business as it pertains to uh, black and white America. Let's put it that yes. way. Uh, we definitely need to talk about that. Uh, but thank you very much, uh, Robert, for that. Also, $5 from William Hawthorne. Outstanding work, gentlemen, he says. And Benjamin Montierth uh, rounds up the list with $5. And thank you all very much for supporting uh, MoFax with Adam Curry. It is highly appreciated. Um, if only everybody would do this or pick up on a recurring donation, it would be uh, that much better for sustainability. We continue to enjoy what we're doing, but please remember, real work goes into this. And it's value for value. You're getting value. That's why when you know the new movies are out. They, they put all the new movies on 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 Netflix <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and Amazon, and it's like nineteen bucks. And everyone's like, "Oh, yeah." yeah. And, and I'm sitting with the girls last night, like, "Oh, nineteen bucks." I say, "Look at how many people worked on this. Look at the <laughs> effort that went into this. How can you feel that that's not worth nineteen bucks?" And every time I do that, they go, "Well, yeah, I guess you're right." Yeah, it's, okay, thank you very much. So the same with us. And remember, you cannot, by definition, get this type of content anywhere else but on this podcast. And this is MoFax with Adam Curry. Thank you for your support. Go to MoFax.com or directly to our donation page, MoFundMe.com. Okay, so we're back. Um, After this whole Blexit thing kicked off, I noticed on YouTube it was a ton of these content creators start putting MAGA hats on. And their and, numbers sorry, started flying and, through and, the roof. And that was after what? After what? After the Blexit. Uh, ah, ah, okay. All right, yeah. The, the, the rise of uh, Candace Owens. You start seeing content creators putting the MAGA hat on. Because, one, it'll boost your numbers through the roof. Two, money and in the two, bank. two, money in, money the, in bank. the bank. In the bank. Interesting. One of these people that uh, I noticed was, uh, and he's also co-founder, uh, help found uh, Blexit was Brandon Tatum. Do, do you feel it breaking? Because uh, the other thing I said to you right before we started was the day that all the Democrats started talking about yeah. reparations, I called Candace and I said, this is because of you. Yeah. She, <laughs> she caused such a freaking split where it, where it needed to happen yeah. that suddenly the Democrats were like, all right, guys, we're, we're starting to lose you. How about some cash? Yeah. Stay with yeah. us. Here's yeah. whole coal hard cash. Yeah. And what's the number? I mean, that's the other thing. It's yeah. like there's never going to be a number that's enough, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's because the reparations themselves 
yourself is the stupidest idea ever. What? Can you run that last 15 seconds back? Yes. What the heck did he just say? It was the stupidest. Hold mm-hmm. on a second. Here we go. Last. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And what's the number? I mean, that's the other thing. It's yeah. like, there's never going to be a number that's enough, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's because the reparation in itself is the stupidest idea ever. Now, who is that saying that? That's Brandon Tatum. He's uh, one of the co-founders of Blexit. Yeah. And if he, you notice. He's also the, the he's one, he's Candace's colleague, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And if you notice, Ruben led him saying, oh, the number is, it's never going to be enough, right? Right? So they're both kind of anti. Well, n- or uh, to wear the red hat. Right. And I'm not, I'm not linking this to Trump himself because a lot of people have to put that hat on to make a profit. What I'm saying is you have to stay in bounds, just like the lady with the TRT clip when she was talking about all fine with rep- Oh, yeah, we need reparations. But it needs to be uh, 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 comprehensive. It's a cop out. It's it's either a cop out because you're you're really playing for the other team, uh huh, and and you're a trickster, or it's a cop out because you're a pussy. They're establishment on both sides. Yes, they all they're esta- There's no way he could say, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm for reparations." No, it's he said it's the dumbest thing ever, ever. ever. Yeah. Ever. Where was this uh, interview done? This was on the Ruben report. Hmm. Interesting. So, and he, and Ruben, uh, I forget his first so, name, but Ru- Ruben led him with like, Dave, Dave Ruben. Ruben. Say, uh, uh, right, right. There's no number. They never come up with a number, right? What do you mean? It's amazing how all how- these people in the politics easy to brush it aside. One thing is, is oh no, we don't know the number. Uh, told you 1.1.5 trillion dollars just like that <laughs> to wall street right from the federal reserve then we double down with another half a trillion just like that thousand dollar checks to everybody just like that but when it's come to pay a debt that's owed let's make sure i clarify that not looking for a handout Right. I'm looking f- right. to be made whole. <laughs> like lawyer, lawyers say, I'm looking to be made whole. <laughs> yes. Now, of course, uh, if you think you're going to be made whole just b- from a political party, that's never going to happen. So, oh, no. I mean, that's no, no. It, it, it's an exercise in power. I understand. Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to say, well, when I next check shows up, I'll be a complete human. I'm already that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is when people it's going to do one of two things. One, either we can work together, or two, leave me alone. <laughs> yes. If you if you're not talking what I'm talking, leave me alone. I got better stuff to do. Don't don't waste my time, and I'm not gonna waste your airtime putting people on there. It's not gonna resonate with me. So I mean, let's do do both do each other a favor or put up a shut up. Yeah. Uh, but Mr. Brandon Tatum, uh, aka dumbest thing ever, he continues <laughs> on about <our> reparations. <laughs> We pay taxes still. We're going to not let us pay taxes. I'm going to pay for my own reparations if I, was to, if I were to get it. Think about this. How much money are they going to give you? Well, you they'll, tell, they'll tell you that they're going to take it from billionaires. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. That's and give you how much, though? $1,000 ain't going to do nothing. People blow that in the weekend. $10,000 is nothing. Twenty, thirty thousand. dollars $30,000. Generational change? $100,000 may not be enough. And then if you don't know anything, if you're not educated, you don't even think about finances, your $100,000 is going to last you, what, I don't know, four months? I've had a friend that had two million. Oh, I think she got two million dollars from a settlement. Blew it all. Have done to show for it. Damn, that's not what Man. you. Just giving somebody money is not going to help them at all. 
But that's that's well, that's and also story. it never would be enough. Not just the yeah. literal amount, but right. like okay, so let's say you gave every black person yeah. fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Just pick up a number. Well, now you're two generations past that, right? right. And if the left just keeps going off the deep end, yeah. their grandchildren are going to go. Wait, you sold us out for fifty right. grand? True. That was nothing. True. You know, it's just it, it, it it's almost the reverse of the way human psychology actually works. Right. And then you know, you know, everybody knows when you give a person something, you just hand somebody something, they don't appreciate it as much. What kind of growth potential? Give me a better education. I don't need reparations and money. Wow, these guys sound like two of the dumbest guys ever. <laughs> wow. Hey, by the you way, by the by the way, anything? by the way, this is so there's actually an ADOS man sitting there saying, yes. We too stupid. We can't handle our exactly. money. We're too stupid. Uh, and, and if if uh, if if some can't handle it, none of them should get it. Yeah, disappointing, man. Where, where's where's the logic? But he when he put that hat on, right? <laughs> it's parameter. It is not only on the left, and that's the whole point of what I'm saying here. We're not. I beat up on the left a lot. I do, but it's not only on the left. No, of course not. When you, when, of course not. I mean, but I'm just saying because. Before the narrative was, but Republicans don't care anyway. So I mean, they're not even entertaining <laughs> which, us. Which is also but, not true. It's not true. Yeah, but I'm just the narrative. Yeah, of so course. It's like now, when they finally have people that they want to put in the spotlight, it's like here's your script. It's now on the reparations. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, it's, no, no, no. You dis- have to double down. It's this disappointing. The thing ever. It's disappointing from Dave Rubin. Uh, I I thought he was uh, smarter than that. Well, he's in he's in the same position that Brandon Tatum is in. This, I mean, this is like you always make the point that this is not color. No, yeah. <laughs> he has his, he has his people. This hey hey Dave, I, I, I don't 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 get Brandon on there and get out of line. Get caught up in the moment. Well, but he yeah. also he also uh, doesn't have advertising, you know. So I'm not True. Quite, I'm not quite sure how he you know he had Patreon. He was very very successful with a lot of that. I I. I know. I just this when, this was a disappointing one. But when when you don't get the invites, it's bigger than money. Like Dave's over there talking crazy. You don't get the yeah, invite to the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yes, he does. He does cross over into mainstream and gets invited on shows. Yeah, you're right. You're the reason right. why I say that is Drew McCaskill said that. Yeah, we've been to the brunches and the and the galas and yeah, it's 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 bigger than just money. It's the it's the influence and the, it's the, and whole the thing. access in yes. the access you get. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about the internet and and the YouTube is let's Mister let's listen let's listen to Mister Brandon Tatum uh, view on shit. Everybody get a thousand dollars. Let's talk about a few things here. There has been talk about everybody in America getting a thousand dollars. Right. You have the left. And then you have President Trump. You have the irrational and then you have the rational. I think it's legitimate that because the government decided to shut down travel, shut down business, that the government should in some form or fashion stimulate the economy by subsidizing workers and people who own businesses. That makes perfect sense to me. Now, if your business shut down because you have foul practices, that's on you. That's not the government. But if the government is responsible for arbitrarily saying that we need to shut down our our whole economy because of this virus that's going around, which I which I have my opinions about, then I think it's the government that should subsidize. (laughs) But reparations is the dumbest idea ever. 
<laughs> no problem again. Why he use the same logic? Where it's gonna be people out there to misuse that thousand dollars, so nobody should get a thousand dollars because they're stupid. Where, where's that logic at? You, you see what? Yeah, I see it. That's the red hat effect, and I'm not like I said, I'm not putting this on Trump, but I'm putting this on. He has to cater to his audience, and that's that's the beauty of what we do here. We say what we feel, and then our audience gravitates towards us. Yep. It's not like, hey, Adam, we, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we, we need to make yeah, we sure we hit these five up. points. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how, how annoying would that be? Uh, yeah. it, along those lines, though, having done this once, we'll set an interesting template. You know, the, uh, the next time the demand uh, bubbles up, reparations, well, with MMT, modern monetary theory, which is being applied here because, uh, you know, this money is... By the way, the Federal Reserve overnight money is not quite, it's not exactly U.S. money. So, because you mentioned that earlier. But, but we're, you know, we're going to come up with probably closer to $2 trillion uh, to fix this two week shutdown, if you can believe it or not. Um, There's a lot more where that comes from. That's just me looking at the overall new way that money is working. And as long as we're the reserve currency of the world, we can print as much as we want and I, and I think we should for a lot of different reasons but this would be a good one and it go, and it, it goes against everything that I've learned by the way about the federal you know the <clears throat> principles of of money but I think they're being thrown out uh, out the window now it, it 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 really I got some bitcoin just in case but I think it really doesn't matter anymore so the template will be set and the demand could come and it could happen and obviously we can make it happen pretty quick and, and the litmus test is not exclusive to reparations it's tangible is it something that i can see touch feel you know so if you come to me and say well uh ados community what we can come up with is say a trillion dollars in no interest loans and we'll make you tax exempt okay we, we can start there uh-huh we can start you see what that's tangible i can work with that now We'll we'll do this for four years, <laughs> right? And we'll come back to the table. Oh, that's how it works. It, yeah, and do another bargaining, uh, another bargaining agreement. But just to say, and, and like I said, Dave said, "Oh, there's no number. <laughs> there's no number that we can find." Uh, what? Hey, thank th- uh, thank you, Dave, for negotiating on behalf of Ados. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny that these uh, people like Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum and others. Uh, uh, supporters of Trump, which I use that very loosely because I think for some it's a money grab. They love to throw around the, the name MLK, but for their own purpose, see, this is where I go back again, him being a tool. Because mm-hmm. they, they they like to represent their blackness because their blackness is in question automatically. Because when you put that red hat on, the right. automatic assumption is you're a coon. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> yes, of course. So, so then they'll go, well, you know, MLK was a Republican and, you know, they'll use all the talking points. But it's one talking point that they never, ever use. MLK, we're coming to get our check. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, 
land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with. And this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. <laughs> Yay. Have you ever heard that before? I don't think so, no. I don't think I've not. ever I don't think I've ever heard that we're coming to get our check. So he it was he was fit the narrative. <laughs> right. But reparations was in his mind. Mm-hmm. This is sixty-eight. This is the, that's why I said he, he was. Now I'll, I'll stand behind that point that he was the greater of his time. Yes. But as he became a man and started to mature more, he started to see, huh? This doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe we need to pivot here, pivot there. But no, no, no. That doesn't fit <laughs> inside the 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 image that we need. Why is that not on the the more you know commercial? We're coming to get our check. The more you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. And that's that. What speech is that from? That's not uh, even from a speech. It's uh, was that a speech? Was it a sermon? What was? Yeah, that? it's from a. It's from. It's from. It's from a speech. I uh, don't have the speech right offhand, but it was in 1968, towards okay. the end of his life. So yeah, that was past the point of no. Uh uh-uh. uh You ask for your civil rights, your integration, but you ask for a check. No. But I was just making the point that they love to use. Everybody loves to use him as a how they as a tool how they see fit, but so, none of them ever represent him in this light. And that's Not always how, right. that's always how icons are are used posthumously, right? And this leads me to the point of why leaders are not necessary. I know we disagreed on this point, uh, but the simple question here would support where I stand at. How do schools of fish swim in harmony? How do schools of fish swim in harmony? And how do the tiny cells in your brain give rise to the complex thoughts, memories, and consciousness that are you? Oddly enough, those questions have the same general answer. Emergence, or the spontaneous creation of sophisticated behaviors and functions from large groups of simple elements. Like many animals, fish stick together in groups. But that's not just because they enjoy each other's company. It's a matter of survival. Schools of fish exhibit complex swarming behaviors that help them evade hungry predators, while a lone fish is quickly singled out as easy prey. So which brilliant fish leader is the one in charge? Actually, no one is. And everyone is. So what does that mean? Okay. I've always used this term schools of fish and flocks of birds. That's how we need to be. Well, yes. And the way to do that in 2020 is online. And Mm -hmm. uh, that needs to be done away from the established media networks because that's never going to happen. That will not be allowed. That will be blocked. That will be delisted. That will be deplatformed. It has to happen on the open internet. 
the beauty of it is, as I illustrated in this whole episode, they already had happened. You had people exiting in mass from voting Democratic. Yes. That no nobody nobody was like Blexit tried to take credit for it, but that that was already happening. These conversations was already being had between <laughs> amongst me and my friends. Right. But, uh, I, but I, I doubt I doubt if a, if a movement like that would swell again on Twitter. I, I think that gets suppressed now. I think I think people are on to it and we can't have that happening. It's not and, it's, and it's not that it doesn't make it possible. I'm just saying it came to my attention through hashtags mm-hmm. and through Twitter. All of it. But, and then it gets hijacked, discredited, chopped down, sent mm-hmm. away. Doesn't mean that the schools of fish aren't still communicating with each other. It makes it a hell of a lot tougher. But if we simplify the task of creating a culture, yes, not going to rallies, not holding signs and marching and none of that. I'm going to raise my children to be productive in society. We're going to have a two two parent household. We're going to be educated. You know, we're not going to depend on politics. Now, if we can leverage politics to be, you know, saying advantageous to us, we will do it. But we're not going to depend upon it. We're going to be self-reliant. That's how that works. And I wanted to illustrate that that point, because it's not that we're sitting around waiting for somebody to give us something. It's like we're going to be busy doing what we need to do anyway. We're going to have a ruling class mentality. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have a handout mentality. Very good. Um, yep. And that's why I played that Kanye clip because either you're going to have a slave slave mentality or slave master mentality, which I don't like the slave master term, but it's more of ha- having being independent and having a ruling class mentality. Right. And that can happen without any um, without a leader meetings or leaders or anything. It's just like, this is the direction we need to go. Everybody needs to head West. Okay. Well, we'll all head West at our own speed, but eventually we'll all get there. Uh, so uh, if you want to play the part two, to, yes. uh, how to, uh, yeah, how to fish swim. Yes, of course me. I do. Of course. While the school of fish is elegantly twisting, turning and dodging sharks in what looks like deliberate coordination, each individual fish is actually just following two basic rules that have nothing to do with the shark. One, stay close, but not too close to your neighbor. And two, keep swimming. As individuals, the fish are focused on the minutia of these local interactions. But if enough fish join the group, something remarkable happens. The movement of individual fish is eclipsed by an entirely new entity, the school, which has its own unique set of behaviors. The school isn't controlled by any single fish. It simply emerges if you have enough fish following the right set of local rules. Yeah. So how how do you get this? How do you organize the school? Is it self organizing? It's already happening. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so joyous today because it, it, <laughs> I had an epiphany. Like it's already you know we've we've been conditioned as being you know uh, quote unquote black people to uh, one day you know the promised land is coming one day. We're already on the path. I mean, we're we're ahead of schedule. Mm. For these two ground swells to happen independently, nobody coordinated this. People tried to hijack it. People right. tried to label it. Right, right. But that that already happened. We're 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 ahead of schedule. So now what we need to do is 
keep our distance, be close, but not too close because that uh, that introduces the opportunity for infiltration, which mm-hmm. we talked about yep. a lot here. And then two is keep swimming. Keep keep swimming. And I know it sounds oversimplified, but no, that's the only way this works. Well, I, I for one, enjoy uh, enjoy this journey. I'm I'm looking forward to see. I mean, you're you're you're. If it's not on Twitter, it's it's. I'm not going to be exposed to it. So that's why I enjoy speaking with you so much, right? Because that's the only way I'll really hear about. it. Of course, we see this stuff pop up once in a while, um, and now at least we know what to recognize as bogus or not. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of bogusness out there. Bogativity, I guess we should say. Yeah. And the fact that they have to keep retrying and reinvent the wheel and uh, reshape their message means we're we're successful. It's not working anymore. You know, we have the antidote, and the antidote is truth. Well, I, last thing I'll say, I, I find it'd probably be a good idea when uh, when the chosen Democrat loses the general election, which I. I am pretty convinced a lot of that will have to do with the lack of the ADOS vote Mm -hmm. for the Democrat. Um, It needs to be made clear uh, to the winning party that that happened. Oh, well, I'll say this. Have no fear. We will be blamed from the losing party. (laughs) 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 That will happen. That that will happen. Yes. I mean, they're already setting it up. I mean, you see it yourself, Adam. You That's, see it. Of course, I do. It's That's like hilarious. Those damn black men. It's like <laughs> there they go being fathers and you know pillars in their community again. And when they say that to me, I'm gonna be uh huh. And I know one. One of the that guy over there, that Mo guy. He's he's part right. of the problem right there. He did it. And guess what? I'm, I'm raising four more problems. <laughs> Good for <laughs> yes. And four great problems they will be. Hey Mo, this has been great, yeah. man. This has been fantastic. Uh, and perfect also for uh, for this particular period where we get some time to reflect. We get to reflect on what you said earlier, very important uh, uh, with, the, with the virus and how people are treating mm-hmm. other people, uh, how you can compare that to having a different skin color. It's, uh, it's very powerful, very powerful to think about that. And I appreciate you bringing that once again. <laughs> and as I always say, Adam, Pay attention to everything, and the truth will reveal itself. And I look forward to more truth next week. We'll still be on lockdown, I think. Uh, Then we'll do it all over again around Saturday, right? Yes. All right, Mo. Thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. See you later, Adam. We'll be right here on Mo Facts. Till then. Down there.